0: Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Just dial in toll-free. 800-259-9231 is the Sakel CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features you'll find there for free. Again, freetalklive.com. Much to discuss, of course, here tonight. And still to come, we didn't get to the 10 jobs in libertarian paradise, which is... Written by the Daily Cost, so it's not going to be friendly.
1: No, no, it's not.
0: We'll get to that, uh, but first, Wes Bertrand is with us, the man behind Complete Liberty, a book and also a podcast at completeliberty.com. dot com. Wes, are you with us?
2: Yes, I am. I am coming to you over Google Voice, so hopefully the uh, sound quality
0: is okay. Yeah, it sounds pretty crisp and it clean, so adequate. Yep, we're good to go. Now you are right calling on. from uh, your midpoint uh, transitional point. To where is it? Is it Idaho or Iowa? Where are you at?
2: It's the uh, the multivitamin-fortified compound in central Idaho. Uh,
0: my folks have Idaho. a ranch
2: up here. It's about 60 acres worth. So, nice.
0: Yeah. Gotcha. And Pretty you're,
2: remote, and uh, no cell phone signal up here, so I'm just going with the net thing.
0: Oh, glad you got it, uh, net out in the woods. It's always a good thing. So you're going to be making the move at some point up here to, uh, from what I understand, Keene, New Hampshire, unless things Again. Have
2: changed. Again, yes. I was there. I moved there in the spring of 2006. And then I moved back to San Diego in the summer of 07, pretty much to get involved in a clinical trial to treat my type 1 diabetes. But uh, that fell through, and I ended up oh boy. stuck in horrible San Diego for three years, guys.
0: Yikes. I'm sorry to hear about that on both accounts. Um, but you weren't actually in Keene before. Weren't you in the Upper Valley of uh, New Hampshire previously? I used to come
2: down to those meetups because gotcha. uh, I had a lot more kindred spirits down there being a voluntarist, and, uh, than some of the political stuff. So, but I was actually in Pentecook, north of Concord, and I spent a lot of time at the statehouse, actually, gathering evidence, empirical evidence, to try to figure out what is the best way, the most effective way to actually achieve a stateless society, a society of complete liberty, where people actually own their property and they make their choices with their property without infringing on other people.
0: So did you figure and, it out? Uh, what is the most effective way?
2: Well, that was kind of the culmination of the tenth chapter of my book. I sorted out the facts from the fiction as best I could. And from what I could see, the process of playing politics is antithetical to actually achieving liberty because it is endorsing a system that is based on irrational premises and unjust uh, actions, basically, on a daily basis. Anyone that's involved in government is by definition involved in a coercive organization. That uh, that's not based on any sort of voluntary choice by people in the marketplace. Even though you have lots of people voting, and this is the topic I wanted to discuss tonight, because mm-hmm. uh, you guys discussed this with Darren last night, people endorse government through voting. Do they not?
0: No, no. I wouldn't say so. Really? I vote. I would say any so.
3: Second?
2: Oh, that's Sam.
0: Thanks yeah, it me. is.
3: Hey. I would say, yeah, that when people participate in the system, it's not that they're endorsing it, but they're granting it legitimacy, and they're saying, you know, to the activists may be able to tell the difference. Like I know, if I were to go and vote, I I know what I'm doing. I know that it's you know not really going to make a difference unless it's in a really small local election that's really close, which the odds are pretty slim that that's the case. Uh, but to the unindoctrinated masses out there that go and vote. The, the encouraging them to go out and vote really just sort of reinforces the the legitimacy of government in my mind.
2: Mm-hmm. And. Government always wins, do they not? I mean, when you vote, are you ever voting to get rid of government?
3: Yeah, I think
1: you are. Um, you, you, you know, you're getting rid of pieces of government at a time because government doesn't actually exist, as you and I would agree, right? Government is uh, men and women who don't mind using force and violence to get what they want. And if you can use the voting process in order to prevent the government from doing X, Y, or Z, then, you, then government loses because it is something that it can't do.
2: OK, but the process itself, uh, going to the voting booth and pulling that lever or throwing that ballot in, as Stefan Molyneux pointed out, a suggestion box for slaves, it doesn't get us out of our enslavement in this political matrix. No, does it? it certainly because doesn't. Even if, they re- even if they rescind certain laws, even if some free staters get involved in the political machinery and get rid of some laws, the purpose of voting, the, way, the reason it's set up actually, is to control other people and their property. That's the inception of it to begin with. It's not set up to actually.
0: Well, I'm not sure how it is that right. voting. Right. I, if I, it it's... doesn't make sense to me how voting is set up to control other people. It seems to me that it's indoctrination uh, that allows people to allow themselves to be controlled. They're the ones who choose to pay, they're the ones who choose to obey these, uh, these government people. Voting seems to me no, nothing more than a, a little uh, trivial matter.
2: Okay, but if it is trivial then we should just get rid of it entirely, right?
0: Well, um, if you were to get rid of it, what do you think
1: I mean That'd be great, what, I'm all what, in favor. What of that. does not voting have to do with getting rid of voting? Is what I wanna know. Because okay. it doesn't. So
4: If it's a suggestion box.
1: Yeah, well, it doesn't. What does voting have to do with getting rid of voting by voting or not voting? You're not going to have anything to do with people getting rid of voting. That does. um, There's been plenty of people throughout American history that have chosen not to vote and voting still here. If there was a suggestion box, if you and I were slaves and I'm willing to go for that, if there was a suggestion box, I would put in that suggestion box. Please stop beating Wes. And I don't think mm-hmm. by putting in that suggestion box, please stop beating Wes. That um, I in any way endorse the person who beats on him. Okay. Okay, so- I
2: understand your intentions, and I actually appreciate that because I don't like to get beat on either, and uh, I'd say the same for you. But the process itself is legitimizing this. Scheme by which people do get beat up on, and most of the people. for every back person that up. You
1: that's, that's just a you've just vote. made a statement, a positive statement, and I need to see here some some kind of uh, you you backing that up. How does it legitimize the system? Because I haven't heard that yet.
2: How does voting legitimize the system? Well, the system is based on controlling other people and their property, right?
1: Um, it, sure. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it, it part part of the the because reason
2: those in government have no property rights jurisdiction. They don't actually own the property that they're trying to control, nor have they voluntarily consented with those in a transaction of agency of sorts to control other people in their property. They're just doing it by fiat, by this collectivistic notion that we're in a, we're in a state, we're in a city, we're in a town, we're in a, uh, you know, a county or a mm-hmm. nation state. Right. And it's based on the premise of communism and collectivism. It's not based on individualism and property rights. So, What's the best way for them to essentially hoodwink the people into thinking that they have a say in this process of their own enslavement, even though they don't see it as their own enslavement, right?
0: Well, I— For every person— Sure but it's a no I agree I with you Wes. You it is a PR thing it is a PR thing there's no doubt right. about and it and it. it's no doubt that sometimes when
1: you pass uh, past things here here in Keene, for instance, there was a, a thing passed that uh, the the bureaucrats had the option of selling the school building and it was it was passed by a landslide because people wanted the school building sold and the bureaucrats didn't sell it because it wasn't phrased properly and you know I totally get that plenty of times there are many 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 instances where you fail, but if you were an EMT and going to rescue Scenes and pe- many of your uh, of the people died. I, I wouldn't say that that would uh, preclude going to rescue scenes in order to help people.
2: Okay, but what is the actual goal of the voting process for most people? And, and I don't have
1: you, any idea what it is. It
2: is right, I, I can only right. speak
0: for me. I agree with you that it is essentially PR because if they didn't have the voting process. People would see government as more likely dictatorial, uh, you know that, that that they were they wouldn't have a say in anything, and it makes them feel like they have a say. And in most cases, you're right; they certainly don't have much of a say. And in 90% of the, you know, 99% of the cases, government wins. Big government wins every single time. Uh, there's no doubt about that. So I agree with all of that. But also, you've got elections where 3%. will show up. Essentially the government bureaucrats and their family members show up to these elections time in and time out. So that -hmm. that says that uh, if if it's true that voting grants the state legitimacy then that says that 98 or 97% or 95% of the people out there that are registered voters that doesn't even include the people that aren't registered voters that the super, super majority of people out there don't vote and so therefore they don't grant the state legitimacy through that channel. But it doesn't matter does it? Because all of those people People are still paying and they're still obeying. And I want you to address that when we come back. You can stick with us, right? Okay. All right. We're with uh, Wes Bertrand from completeliberty.com, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind. Chime in here or anything else. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live.
2: So, you want to move to New Hampshire for liberty? nhmove.info has articles, links, and activism alerts to help you decide exactly where and how to make your move. Even job listings. Browse the inventory of liberty blogs, sites, and media,
5: or promote your own efforts, all free, at nhmove.info. If you're moving to New Hampshire, you better go now and bookmark nhmove.info.
0: This is Free Talk Live. You take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free. Bring up whatever's on your mind at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features there for free. So enjoy those, including archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, you'll find them on the front page. You go back for the last week, and then if you click to the archive section, that'll take you back to late 2006, all courtesy of... HostGator.
1: That's right. Well, late 2006, it's almost four years worth of uh, Free Talk Live. It's brought to you by HostGator.freetalklive.com. They're a worldwide leader for web hosting. They make it easy for you to get your own .com domain name. You can create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Uh, All More than 3,000 templates there. Use uh, use the portal that we have there, the Hostgator.freetalklive.com to get your first month completely free. Hostgator.freetalklive.com.
0: The voting conversation has cropped up again here on the program. It is voting season. Yeah, it is. Uh, Wes Bertrand has uh, contacted us. Uh, He heard our discussion from last night where we had a a guy call in and we talked about voting and he wanted to to field some of the issues himself. Uh, And so he's here with us. We're going to bring him back in just a moment. But Sam's also here tonight from obscuredtruth.com. And uh, I've heard you saying here, it sounds like you're on Wes's side with this one tonight sam
3: i I think so yeah and there's another issue here that we sort of started getting to and then uh went off on a different direction and that's really that yes mark people can come in and use the system to reduce the government And there is nothing stopping someone from coming back in and undoing all of that. And it's actually easier for them to grow the government than it is for anyone to get an effort together to reduce it. Sure. So you're not changing anything by using the system to sort of roll it back and reduce the size of government unless you're changing people's mindset. And that's why I personally believe that civil disobedience is far more effective than voting will ever be.
0: I agree completely with everything that you've said there. Okay, and I believe that the system is the most ineffective way to uh, to effect change. Yes. But to claim that you can't change things through the system I, is not. And you didn't. Tra- you I didn't wouldn't claim that. that yeah. So uh, the, when the when the elections come around, which is only once every two years up here in New Hampshire, there's not a whole lot you can do politically in the meantime, unless you want to go up to the state house and beg well, uh, that kind of thing. Like so, what's the big deal in supporting a, a, pr- a principled, liberty-minded candidate like, say, an Andrew Carroll up here in Keene? Um,
3: you know, if other people want to vote, if other people want to get involved in the system, more power to
0: them. That's if, what if they're going to do Passionate because people aren't ready for civil disobedience. I mean, look at it. It, it.
3: I understand that. What I'm doing, though, like, I mean, take me as the as an example here. I, I'm not interested in voting, but I can still get involved in the political process. And the way I want to get involved is when these politicians come on the air, I want to say, hey, so and so. As a, as a representative, you have sworn an oath, or you will be swearing an oath to the New Hampshire Constitution, mm-hmm. which Article Ten states that uh, citizens have the right to revolution under you know arbitrary things, and I can give them some examples of arbitrary stuff that the government's doing, like you know your trash can't leave Keene; it has to go to the Monopoly City dump. That's been enforced by just the fiat laws and several others, and say so
0: you're cornering the politics. So,
3: how would you? How would give me an example of how you think Article Ten could be used? And I hope you have one because. If not, then that would only leave violent revolution, and I hope you're not endorsing violence, are you?
0: Oh, I love it. I love that kind of stuff so, uh, but I mean, wonder how Wes Bertrand feels about that Wes, back with us uh, from complete dot com so Sam is you know set against voting, but he's still uh, right now he's editing some some campaign ads uh, to, they're not uh, promoting any candidate they're just attacking uh, certain candidates. As I understand, it. I haven't seen them sort yet. Of, yeah. I haven't seen them, <laughs> uh, and and you know, you're calling in and you're bird dogging to some extent these politicians, Absolutely. not with the usual political questions, but with unusual questions that, are, that bird- are
3: geared towards sort of changing people's mindset because that's the important thing to do. I
0: agree completely, and that's why I don't have a problem getting involved in the political system because you can get ideas out there. Because unfortunately, people care about uh, the political system. The but- newspapers report on it. The radio talks about it. And so getting somebody like Andrew Carroll, a principled person on for a radio interview to I mean, the guy's an open anarchist. uh, That can't be a bad thing. No,
3: that's great. And uh, I mean, I even went with you last year to do flyers for uh, Nick Ryder's campaign. Right. So you didn't vote for him, right? No, I
0: don't vote. I'm sorry. uh, Okay. Well, uh, hold on. I want to get Wes's thoughts (laughs) on this here. Uh, Wes, uh, you still with us?
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm here. I, I think um, I disagree with uh, Sam's perspective on at the end. I think we're in alignment up to the point of actually criticizing the actions of people that involve themselves in the political system. I think there's a fundamental difference between getting involved in the system voluntarily as, as an actual voluntarist, which seems to be contradictory on its face, versus actually trying to counter the propaganda that government foists on people. And I think Sam is doing a great job with that. Uh, you know, I watched the video that he did with that uh, checkpoint that the cops set up. I mean, that's really root striking stuff because it's bringing the arguments, the moral arguments against violence to the people that are perpetrating it. Yep. I mean, that's the tip of the spear, right. basically. I agree so with that. Getting back to the-
1: OK, well, let me okay. let me let me address that, if I may. I agree with that. And I agree with all these forms of activism. But I feel that they are uh, they, they're psychotic um, in, in some way. And I'll, I'll explain that. If you talk to a politician or a police officer about these issues, why would you talk to them about it if they're the same as everybody else? Aren't you endorsing their power by even asking them about these things? I mean, if if you're aren't you legitimizing the politician by, in fact, even asking him what he's doing? Shouldn't you be ignoring him? Uh, Ignoring. the Well, it's unfortunate
3: that
2: we can't ignore them. Right.
1: I. I agree. That's why I vote against
3: them. (laughs) Ignore the cop that's pulled me over, pulled somebody over on the side of the road. That's what you want me to do? I, he's just
0: asking. uh, You know, as far as
3: I can tell, a a man with blue flashing lights on his car.
1: um, Somebody pulled over for uh, willingly pulled over for a man with blue flashing lights on his car because they'll
0: shoot you
3: if you don't chase you down. That's what you
1: believe to be the case, and I I would likely agree with you. However, if you're saying that um, the endorsement of the system comes through participating in it, aren't you in fact participating in the system by even? talking to the bureaucrats about their functions within the system.
2: Well, I-, I agree that doing non-compliance and dis- civil disobedience is a form of ignoring them, right? And then, of, of course, provoking a response in the Gandhi sort of fashion, because you're basically luring them in to reveal the fact that they have nothing to offer but coercion and violation of individual rights. And then you can use your language of liberty to to convince them that what they're doing actually is unjust and immoral, and you're piercing the propaganda scheme. Um, But I don't think it's actually endorsing the system to actually confront people that are doing wrong things to people based on these collectivistic notions that they have this legitimacy to control you and your property because they won the election. And uh, do you think that people, uh, you know, everyone should abide by the outcome of the election? Because there's really a difference here. There's, I don't see that there's legitimacy. Your...
1: I don't see that there's necessarily leg- legitimacy in the government, and it doesn't matter to me who won by what margin, and even if the election was fair or counted. I do, however, think that there um, that when you're talking about legitimacy and effectiveness, um, I mean, what, that's what you're proposing, is to educate people, and to some extent you mm-hmm. there, there's people within the liberty community th- themselves that need to be educated. Those people can be polarized, yeah. and they can be alienated by the fact that other people within the same liberty movement that are supposed to agree with them don't vote for them when they try to run. So, um, you know, for instance,
2: I see it. it the other way, actually, Mark, because I think this is the nature of the rift. And it's not just an insignificant issue of voting versus not voting. This is about convincing our fellow liberty lovers to be on the same page in terms of freedom. I mean, do you think freedom is up, up for a vote?
1: I, I think principle? that I, I don't think that it should be. However, it is. Uh, like you have the option of choose, choosing between the the uh, you know the, okay. the, the lesser of two evils. And it seems to me if if you can save somebody from being uh, be having the force of government used upon them, that that's what that's what the right thing to do is. We'll
0: come back more with uh, Wes Bertrand here in a moment uh, from completeliberty.com, dot and this is Free Talk Live at 800-259-9231. This show is called Free Talk Live, and that's because you can call in and bring up whatever you want. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. Whether it's arcane or popular, we'll talk about it. 800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website At freetalklive.com, you can enjoy the features we have there free. So head on over there and enjoy stuff like our bulletin board system. You can get interactive with other Free Talk Live listeners there at bbs.freetalklive.com. Dot com. Speaking of politicians, there's a
1: politician called John Dennis. He's running in San Francisco out there in California where um, they he's running against Nancy Pelosi. Truly a case where you can uh, – it's, it's not just the lesser of two evils. It's it's a guy who's only very, very little evil against somebody who's very, very evil. And go to JohnDennis2010.com. I've donated to his campaign. I recommend you do too. Take a look at his platforms. He's anti-war. Uh, he's a real Ron Paul Republican. Check him out.
0: Alright, so we've got Wes Bertrand on with us uh, from Complete completeliberty.com. He's got his own podcast. It appears on uh, lrn.fm, and he's got his own book, too, which you can download in all of its audiobook glory and, I believe, PDF as well. Is that yep. all correct, Wes? Yep. Right. free, indeed. Yeah. As it should be. And oh.
1: it, his podcast is uh, truly one of my favorite podcasts oh, to yeah, listen to. Great. I was uh, recently taking a road trip, and that's the only time I, I listen to the competitors, right? <laughs> so um, I, I <laughs> download uh, some of Wes's stuff just because, you know, this is what I want to listen to when I'm on the road. So it's, it's complete liberty.
0: Yep. And uh so it keeps we're here you awake, hopefully. Yeah, <laughs> it make you it's think, good. yeah. Yeah, you guys have a lot that you, you cover and it's it's good stuff and and Wes actually goes out and and puts his beliefs into effect and he he captures real audio with him talking to police and bureaucrats and things like that and that's that's always interesting too. So, uh, judges. Yes. Yeah. So, we're talking about the the voting uh, process here and and whether or not one should participate in it, and reasons for, and reasons against, and you are firmly set against it. In fact, you, would it be fair to say that you are firmly set against, and I don't know what that, that was. That was probably Wes's. Uh, was that you, Wes? Okay. Um, that uh, you're that. firmly set against uh, getting involved in the political process at all. So uh, would you in any way support Indeed. running as a uh, an anarchist for, uh, for, for for as a candidate uh, in a political office?
2: <laughs> that would be very funny. I think a lot of my friends would laugh at me. <laughs> but... I don't think that that is a way to uh, basically use our energy to achieve what we want, because this this is a hard issue to deal with, obviously, because we're all liberty lovers, and we see a whole spectrum of people doing a whole spectrum of things, and it's hard to criticize people who have really strong motivations to achieve liberty, but... What I'm focused on is the principle involved here because our end goal should be to get rid of this meme called government, this idea and behavior where people are obedient to authority, blindly obedient, and, for, for example, like the outcomes of an election. You are basically agreeing to the outcome of the election by participating in. No, the you're not. Are you
1: not? Where? No. Where do does it say that? Absolutely not. No. It, as far as I'm concerned, the election is, um, you know, people being. It's it's essentially the gun in the room. As as uh, we've all okay. used this this analogy, the election is the government is the gun, and the election is the scramble for the gun. And if I can get yes. the gun and I put it in my pocket and tell everybody, no, we're not going to use this to solve our problems, then, you know, that that gun has been used properly. However, somebody else is scrambling for it, and it seems to me a fool's errand to just sit there and say, you are using that gun in an illegitimate fashion, as they blow your brains out.
2: Well, those people that are trying to grab that gun, right, they expect you to abide by the outcome of that election, do they not?
1: I don't ca- Yes, they, they expect all kinds of things. These same people would Who tell you what they think? would tell you that if just if you take okay. a parking ticket to court that you're wasting the taxpayers money. I mean, these people have all kinds of crazy thoughts in their heads. And you and I would <laughs> exactly. agree.
2: They went to government schools, right? right.
1: Well, they, they did. Most of us did. Um, I, but I would uh-huh. I would agree with you that changing their minds is what we need to do. However, in yeah. the meantime, people are scrambling for that gun and they're gaining more power.
0: So now if you want to change people's minds and I I do, Wes, and that's why I do a radio uh-huh. show six nights a week, and I do outreach. Yeah, and uh, I really
2: commend you guys for that. It's thank
0: amazing. You. And I do outreach here in, in Keene. You know, we get uh, information into people's hands in various different ways. We've got fully informed jury association outreach. Uh, just recently, there's been some uh, courtroom outreach that has been encouraging people to not take plea bargains. So, you know, there's different ways that we're, we're reaching out to folks here in, in the Keene area, and I don't know what else is going on around uh, the state. I think some School Sucks uh, podcast outreach is, uh, is also going on. So I, I agree that changing people's minds is important and i think that uh, to ignore the political process as uh, a route to possibly change some minds is folly because well i can tell you that there there's a, sh- a surprising amount of people that come here to visit in new hampshire and i'll ask them a question of well how did you find out about all this and their answer will be ron paul and usually yeah. for harry brown or, or you know, it's usually ron mm-hmm. paul and uh, and following that and sometimes it's Dave Ridley from the Ridley report uh, but following that, it's usually some sort of statement like, "Yeah, but I've moved beyond Ron Paul." So what we what we mm-hmm. see is that people are brought into the uh, the ideas of liberty by unprincipled political campaigns. Ron Paul, not a you know not a fully principled liberty loving guy. He's pretty darn close, but uh, not not quite there. But it's good enough to get the ideas, uh, some of the important ideas, out into people's heads, get them turning over, and get them possibly connected through perhaps hearing an interview with free talk live with ron paul then listening to more free talk live or or whatever the p- the, the path would be seeing dave ridley report on something ron paul does to uh, to lead those people here and as much as i might like to just say well we should be able to short circuit that and not uh you know be able to bring people into the ideas of liberty without going through the political process it's just a truth that people are coming to this movement through the political process so why exclude those folks
2: I'm reminded of Bossy broken window fallacy here. We're all familiar with that, right? The unseen cost? Well,
1: you're going to have to explain it for the listeners.
2: Okay, so when someone breaks a window, there's there's this idea that, oh, it generated jobs because you have to hire someone to replace the window, to make the window, and all that. But what would have happened if the window were never broken? What would you do with the money that was saved in that process? I'd either buy a Slurpee
1: or a video game or a fur for my wife.
0: What's the relevance to (laughs) this conversation, though?
2: Okay. The relevance is the same thing that Pete Ayer and Adam Miller are trying to promote with Liberty on Tour. They had a conversation with Ernest Hancock on Declare Your Independence on the 22nd and the 24th, and they were steadfast in their principles on this issue because he kept on coming back with the thing of, what about the revolutionary people? What about the Ron Paul people? You know, isn't this political process a way to actually achieve some semblance of freedom? And they said, well, yeah, maybe it's a way to actually infiltrate those ranks and convince people that this is not the right way to go if you want a stateless society, if you want to actually be a sovereign person and make your own choices with your own property. I mean, if that is the goal, we should expend all of our energy in that direction and not waste it on these things that are basically passively legitimizing the very system that we want to get rid of because government itself is the mafia with a flag. So the rules they write up for people to abide by, the little you know, the forms you have to fill out, and the balance you, you write on, and all that—it's been done by a, a criminal organization. So
3: it has, you but involve well,
2: yourself in that.
3: But Wes, not but everybody is ready to sort of jump into uh, the ideas of a voluntary society. People have a certain path that they follow, that you know, steps that they take. And I think everybody in this room came through the political process, so there is—I okay, think there so there's is some value sentimentality
2: to, that. to it Say what? There, there, there's some. There's a sentimentality. Well, I mean, it's no, not a no, same no. Mentality. I don't
3: think the broken window fallacy applies because you're saying that, you know, the money without the broken window would be instead spent on working towards a voluntary society. And you use collectivist terms like if we all got together and, and work towards this goal. Well, not everybody wants to work
0: towards that goal because we are not all there yet. Right. That's what's so and unrealistic that's about what you, society, guys. Wes, that's, that's what's what we unrealistic about what you and Darren and other people that are so steadfast against the political process you think that you can change the minds of enough people to just abandon it and i'm telling you you're having a tough time changing our minds and we understand all the arguments
2: exactly and this is this is why we need to talk about the principle how are
0: you going to get the the three percent of government bureaucrats that turn out every single election to stop voting
2: by not complying
0: i'm all in favor of not complying now try to convince everybody else to more coming up here with Wes Bertrand at 800-259-9231. I'll do whatever it takes. non compliance civil disobedience, political system stuff, I'll take it all. Whatever I can do to bring people to freedom.
6: In the decades to come, hardy adventurers will colonize the solar system, rediscovering freedom and finding vast new wealth. But the government of Earth will seek to extend its power and claim that wealth as its own any way it can. Escape from Terra, Volume 1. The first trade paperback collection of the popular adventure webcomic series is available now for twelve ninety five dollars from Big Head Press at BigHeadPress.com.
0: This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free. Just bring up anything at 800-259-9231. That's one 800 259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features there free. Hey, if you enjoyed this program and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us over at amazon.freetalklive.com. You enter Amazon through that link Free Talk Live will get a portion of the sale. So just start your shopping through Amazon.freetalklive.com.
1: If you like Tara Lupo's history pieces on the LCL report, then check out his new historical fiction novel, Pirates of Savannah. It's an adventure novel about the birth of freedom in the Lowcountry. At its heart is a tale of prisoners, refugees, society's outcasts all joining together to escape from government tyranny and discovering a new path to liberty on the open seas. It's a gritty, vivid account of what life was like in the seventeen hundreds is loaded with real obscure historical events that uh, time has nearly erased and buried. Taryn is doing an experiment in intellectual property and taking a risk by giving away the ebook completely free. You can check out the first three chapters now at piratesofsavannabook.com. Again, it's piratesofsavannabook.com.
0: All right, as we continue, with uh, Wes Bertrand is with us from complete liberty dot com. We're talking about uh, involvement in the political system, specifically voting, but generally he's against uh, any sort of political system involvement. And I have to say that while I I agree with the sentiment. That I agree that uh, non-cooperation and civil disobedience and, and outreach are far more important to me personally as far as methods of achieving liberty in our lifetime. I think it's uh, it's point it's it's silly to ignore uh, this political process simply because. People aren't ignoring it. I mean, they are paying attention to it. And it gets a lot of coverage. It gets coverage. It gets you free press if you run as a uh, as a political candidate. And we just got off the phone with Wes – or he's still here with us – but in the, in the last segment, we ended the segment – and I was pointing out that I agree, noncompliance is absolutely the way to clog the system, to force, essentially, the system uh, to ignore you at some point. Because if you clog it enough, it's going to have to just give up. It's, it's not going to have enough money to run through everybody and to process it and to do the court trials and, and all of that. Uh, and right now, here in New Hampshire, where we're doing this show, they, the, the court system is incredibly burdened. They are so overloaded, they actually have to shut down. Uh, they have to go out on furlough days once a month, unpaid furloughs, and completely shut down all the courts in New Hampshire. They're just loaded up. So it wouldn't really take a lot to really start to change these aggressors' minds about the things that they decide to enforce. If they just stopped enforcing bad laws, then they wouldn't have such a big load in their in their court system. And I think that noncompliance can go a long way toward uh, toward helping those things happen. But, Wes, it's unrealistic to believe that uh, most people, I think, are going to engage themselves in noncompliance. I mean, it's hard enough to get liberty activists to agree to, uh, to non-comply with the government. It's scary. These people have cages and guns, and people are are, are frightened by this, uh, this idea.
2: You're absolutely right, and this is the project, in a sense. The first project is convincing our fellow liberty lovers that there are certain ways to achieve liberty, like a stateless society. For one thing, there's an assortment of people in the Free State Project. Uh, There's minarchists and anarchists, right? There's voluntarists, and there's people that believe in limited government, classical liberalism, and so on and so forth. So until those contradictions are kind of ferreted out and understood— it 's as if we 're not going to be a
0: united front in this, and then we 're not ever to going to have that. a united front why can 't we just accept that out, up front and stop wasting our try time trying right, to trying to, convince to make the, everybody. The, the, the
1: good the perfect of the, uh, the the enemy of the perfect
2: okay, so then I think the people that that actually believe in liberty shouldn 't uh, be doing the things that are antithetical to liberty do you
1: think well I, I but you have not proven that voting is in fact antithetical to liberty i mean you you say it, but that doesn 't okay. make it so.
2: All right, so let's get into this then. This is the philosophical idea. It's opinion versus truth. It's pragmatism versus principle. So trying to defend yourself from bad laws through the political process, through electing people in there and and voting on propositions and all that, is different in principle from trying to destroy the meme of obedience to governmental law itself. And each of these will yield fundamentally different outcomes in social organization.
1: I don't know if I agree with that. Right, I. I and the second
2: one into a free market.
1: I, I would have to dis. Yeah, I have to disagree too. For one, I think that there's always going to be governmental rule, whether you want to use the term or not. Oh. For for. The, um,
2: if you believe that, then you'll never achieve a stateless
1: society. Of let course. me let me finish what I'm saying. By government, I mean sure. thi- by governmental rule, I mean things that govern your behavior. For instance, my behavior is governed by my fire insurance, uh, you know, uh, it, it, policy that I have on my house. Because, well, okay. if I decide to burn my own house down, I'm not going to get paid I'm not allowed to do that the they're not they are not going to protect me against arson that I commit so there's it is a governing document your your behavior is still going to be governed what we're really you're talking about is competition between government bodies the ability to choose governmental bodies and so therefore following governmental rule doesn't actually have to be undermined it only has to be expanded the thought process for people to say oh governmental bodies don't actually have to rule over land masses they could just serve people the way they're really supposed to
2: okay but this is not equivocating on the very definition of government because it's a coercive monopoly
1: um, yes i agree i, I agree with I, you wes i, 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 who, I can't who gets stand to the farm who gets to define that uh dictionary. well i mean we have to define it, our d- terms does the dictionary say coercive monopoly
2: things. well it, it, it is um it's legitimized force by society basically a group of people that that claim to have legitimacy over other people's property rights
1: uh, and so you're claiming that there's never going to be legitimized in in the world you're talking about there's there's only going to be uh, the only there's no going to be no force because no force would be legitimized by everyone right and especially the person it's used against
2: yeah imagine a world could you imagine a world that's all privately owned there's no public property
1: I'm fine with that. that sure but that doesn't mean that there okay. wouldn't be force
2: Well, there would be retaliatory force for anyone that violates rights, and that would be very minuscule compared to today.
1: Agreed. I mean, you know, the threats of force. I mean, the government uh, threatens force far more than it uses it. I I entirely agree with you, but that doesn't change the fact that force is still legitimate and I am still the governing body on my property. So you still haven't gotten away from this, the definition of, uh, you know, monopolized force. I've got monopolized uh, force on my property, right?
2: Yeah, you have, as a property owner, you have a jurisdiction, right?
1: Yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. So the th- th- therefore, you're not actually. proposing. So therefore, you're not proposing to get a ri- getting rid of governments. You're proposing to get a ri- getting rid of what we know as government today. However, it's going to morph oh. into something in the future. We know that for certain. The government will morph into something new in the future. So therefore, all you have to uh, you you don't have to undermine the power of you know people believing in governmental bodies. You just have to change the uh, the paradigm in their mind that these governmental bodies have to be attached to land masses and they must have monopolies on those land masses.
0: Well, y'all That's could do it how you want. The cat yeah you all can do it yeah, however I mean, but, you want, right. but you um, see so
1: it's, so therefore, you can't say me, who believes that you should have the right to do what you want on your property, including seceding and getting out of whatever republic it is that I believe in, i'm you know the, the base level anarchist on that uh, if you want to use that terminology, um, so you can't claim that therefore what I 'm doing by voting is then illegitimate, because all I propose to do is tell people that, hey, governments don't need to be attached to land masses.
2: Yeah, but the process of voting is playing by rules of an organization that is not about self-governance. It's about coercing people out of their time and money and property, and it's not legitimate in any way.
0: And we would love so, for people to stop playing by the rules, Wes, but that's not very likely, yeah. is it?
2: But that, but that is the goal, is it not? Like, what if, what if we had a world in which everyone followed natural law instead of status law? then the government wouldn't
3: exist but we're not there today so uh, I think these guys are trying to get you hold on, hold on, I think these guys are trying to get you to acknowledge the reality of today and that is that people are scared sless of the government they're scared to stand up to it they're scared to tell it no because they have nasty men with guns and cages and they will drag you off to them if you tell them no And about
0: all they're willing to do is go out and (laughs) cast a vote. Unfortunately I want to change that, I want to encourage more people to do non-cooperation, that's why I'm setting the example, Wes. That's why I'm here. I'm going out there, and I'm doing more than non-cooperating. I'm civilly disobeying. I'm standing in front of police cars. I'm being arrested. I'm also non-cooperating yeah. when they come after me for various different things. So I'm setting the example, but I'm not seeing a huge groundswell in other people that are willing to come on board. I stu- when I stood in front of the police cars, there were 20 or more activists that were standing alongside of the road. And I said, come on over, guys. You yep. know, Come on over. Join in. You know, you just look like a silly to- guy standing in front of a cop because they they didn't come. Well, three people did. uh, uh, And they all got arrested. And it was more than we'd ever had. So there is growth, but it is incredibly slow. And these are people, a a group of people that understand non-cooperation. These are people that agree with non-cooperation, but in their lives at that time, it wasn't right for them. Lauren and Jim were standing there. They'd already done it several months earlier. They already had a court case going on. That makes sense. There were also people there that had a job to report to the next day, and they feel like they've got other things that are more important than going to jail and that makes sense too unfortunately not everybody is in this position where it, it is possible mentally and physically and uh, emotionally for them to jump on board with this so in the meantime if they want to support an anarchist running for political office who am i to down them for right that?
1: the last people we should be convincing to not vote right now are liberty-minded people convince the statists not to
0: vote west, west. great conversation people can visit you at complete liberty.com and i thank you for the call more coming up
6: Thousands of years ago, from the time of Moses to the time of Alexander the Great, Julius Caesar, and beyond. TrustedCoins.com brings you an incredible selection of authentic Greek, Biblical, Roman, and Byzantine ancient coins, all certified authentic by world-renowned numismatic expert, Ilya Slobin. Transport yourself to the distant past now at TrustedCoins.com.
0: This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into the second hour of the program, and you can take control of the airwaves. Just dial in toll-free. Bring up anything. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free, so enjoy those. freetalklive.com. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Sam. And Mark. Sam is here from obscuredtruth.com. You go to his website, It'll link to his YouTube channel, and you'll be able to watch uh, some of his liberty-oriented documentary-slash-news-package-style video things, sure. video presentations. Enjoy it over at com. as we, again, will take your calls about anything. So the toll-free number, 800 259 to the phones and the fun. Vince is on the line in Indiana. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Vince.
4: Hello, gentlemen. How are you doing this just evening?
0: super. What's on your mind tonight, Vince? Listen, I wanted
4: to—I heard that— you know your previous discussion, Aaron. I'm just throwing this out. I don't know if you're familiar with writ of mandamus. I've Ritz heard of, of a writ of mandamus. of mandamus.
0: It's a it's a legal term, right?
4: Yeah, it, it, but it is a part of common law, and it's. I'll I'll read you the yeah. uh, little snippet here from Wikipedia. It says here that the mandate, the writ of mandamus, is a judicial remedy, which in the form of an order of, from a superior court to any government subordinate court, corporation or public authority is to forbear that from doing some specific act of which that body is obliged under law, or to refrain from doing that as the case may be.
3: Yeah, let me just translate that for the audience. It's where you go to the court and say, we want you to make Party X do this.
4: Mm Mm-hmm. But that is a part of common law, because there's a whole there's three different types of writ And I don't know if you were familiar with it, but. Certainly I'm
0: not. What's the relevance um, to I mean, voting? Well,
4: this is how I think, you know, because you're talking about. Uh, you know, you talk about elections and all that, but I think the first things that you guys need to really maybe uh, investigate is, you know, a writ amendamus, but also. Start talking about maybe getting rid of the uh, state of emergency acts. You mean t- are you talking
0: about a federal uh, state of emergency?
4: A state, local government.
0: State state governments have um, states of emergency acts? Yeah, they
4: pass their laws. That's how those county councils and city councils work. How do you think they pass their laws?
0: I don't All know.
1: All laws are passed through a state of emergency?
4: Yes. <laughs> Because okay, see, so I'd have heard that the federal
0: government has uh, the state of emergency on, and that basically is their excuse as to why they don't have to follow the Constitution. You're saying mm-hmm. the same thing is happening at a, at a state level? Yes. Okay. How does one go about doing that? Do you have to get elected and, you know, basically well, change Well, you
4: probably things. have to get elected. Because, and yeah. like Andre Moreau a long time said, the, the uh, functions of the elections. Or to reelect the bureaucracy?
0: Oh, right, right. oh yeah, there's evidence for that, absolutely. And Andre Moreau was the uh, Libertarian candidate in 1992, wasn't? Two, mm, yeah. yeah, back, back but, way uh, back when. But... Uh, so yeah, you know, it's uh, everybody's got their thing, right? Everybody's got their uh, mm. their their process that they believe is the way people should go, the way act- All the activists should support, you know, not voting, or all the activists should support uh, getting rid of the of, or you know bringing a Damus or you know fill in the blank. And one thing you can count on is that no one is ever going to all agree. Everyone who is an activist for liberty is never going to agree all 100 percent, probably not even 70 percent of, uh, you know, as far as what should be done. So the best thing you can really do is to just lead the way on your issue, show people your path, your road, why you think it's the best, and then let the market of activism, if you will, decide on where people's resources will be allocated. And eventually, and, and Vince, thanks for the call tonight. Thank I you. appreciate hearing from you. Yeah. Eventually, you know, people are going to shift. I mean, people change their minds. We've had people who've, who've come on board with uh, non-cooperation and civil disobedience after having been against them in the past. Brad Jardis is, uh, is a good example, a former law enforcement officer. And other people who... Um, you know who may may have been more anti-political uh, system have come into uh, you know the, the the process of using that and and getting involved in it so i think people change and they shift based on you know different factors and, and one of those factors is 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 you know peer suggestion if you will that kind of thing
3: yeah and you brought up something that sort of uh i guess the the Puritanical uh, liberty activists wouldn't really engage in, and that's something that we did was talking to Brad Jardis. There were a lot of activists who sort of ostracized us for doing that. Oh, he's a cop; he's aggressing against he's people, a and you, you shouldn't talk to him. Da, 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 da. Well, now he's come around to the ideas of a voluntary society. He speaks out a- about it, and when he does, he has a very different credibility than you or I do with oh, other cops. So, with people having- in the system. Period. Yeah, having those people come outside of that paradigm and say, "Hey, you know what? I understand this now." They talk to the the people inside the system in a completely different way. So, I don't believe in just choosing to. Well, you, if you participate in politics, I can't help you in any way because I don't. I don't see that as being the optimal solution either.
0: No, that's just shutting people down and and I'm not saying that everybody should do everything people should do whatever it is they feel like is yep. the most effective way to spend their time recently uh one of our uh, local uh, trolls on the a very nice troll on the Free Keen forum was uh, chastising me for not wanting to travel to Boston, where there is going to be this uh, Westboro Baptist Church. These hate mongers, these you know bigoted, hate hateful church people that go out and they wave signs uh, and they're just really nasty. And they get they manage to get press attention pretty much everywhere they go. And so this person wanted me to come down, was asking, or not me specifically, but was asking the, the, the activists over the Free Keene Forum, well, hey, well, don't you want to come out and, and join me in Boston? And I responded and I said, no, I really don't want to go to Boston uh, for, for any purpose because I don't feel like it's a good way to spend my time. My time and resources are limited. And I've determined that leaving New Hampshire in general to do activism is not something that I want to spend my time on. Right. It didn't doesn't mean to I move to New hate...
1: Hampshire to go to another state for activism. Right. I, you know, it's just it's it's going to take a really big deal for me to go elsewhere.
0: Yeah, and mm-hmm. it doesn't mean I hate gay people because apparently they're going to be protesting some sort of uh, gay uh, play, I guess that they're doing at a college. Yeah. Because that's that, a you know th- th- their activism silly. So it seems like
1: uh, counter activism seems silly too.
0: It doesn't mean that I hate gay people. It just means that I'm only willing to do a certain amount in a certain way uh, to achieve my my goals uh, for activism, and and I've got a limit on the places I'm I'm willing to go for that. And It's rare I'll even go to the sea coast of New Hampshire or up or up north or something like that, just because you know there are other activists in other places, so it's not really necessary. We've got enough people here now to where each area has kind of its own crew of uh, of activism, and not everybody has to go everywhere. It's not like it was four or five years ago when there were much you know a, a lot less people here and it was it was more important for folks to travel longer distances uh, to attend places. And so as our numbers grow, as liberty activists move here to New Hampshire, more people will get involved in civil disobedience and non-cooperation, and more people will get involved in the political system. And I think what's a waste of time is trying to convince, you know, spend a whole bunch of your time trying to convince the people inside the political system to, you know, to to give up on it entirely, or or vice versa. Or
1: or getting so upset about people who don't want to vote. I don't like the fact that people that don't vote, I don't like that they don't vote for liberty, uh, you know, I'm talking about the liberty activists that don't vote. I think that you could create so many bridges if they would just go ahead and do that. Um, But they don't, you know, and and I'm not going to spend a lot of time thinking about that. But I'd like to point out the opposite of this because in this political season, I have been spending way too much of my sort of mental brain power on which one of these evil people I'm going to vote for in a given situation oh, really? I don't think about yeah. it at all well mm-hmm. I, I understand you don't and uh, what I'm saying is is that I can see there, there's the, and it the whole goes so much deeper there, you know you can study what these people's votes were in the past you can be able to talk to go on forums and talk with other people who know these things and it's it's like uh, it's like baseball or football statistics because these people will go back and forth over which candidates bad because they supported this that and the other and Da, 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 and it just it spirals down into this nether world where it sucks up your time, and your vote is so insignificant and especially as you go up the line so if you 're talking about voting for the guy for u s House, well half of the state is going to to vote on that up to six hundred thousand people, so me spending any kind of my brain power on whether or not you know where my vote's going to go or not go is really just kind of a, a waste of time and, and, and energy.
0: You can take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. Still to come, aliens saving us from nuclear weapons, uh, perhaps, and the top 10 jobs in libertarian paradise, as told by the Daily Cost. So uh, you can expect them to not be so nice about it. Uh, We'll uh, come back with more and your thoughts as well about whatever's on your mind at 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live.
1: Have you ever wished that you could buy, sell, and trade in silver in your community? Del Valley Silver has a no-cost turnkey setup for you. You recruit six to eight businesses in your area to accept Del Valley Silver Rounds as barter currency, and your wish is granted. You get paid and you promote the use of real money. This isn't like so many other silver currency setups where it's really just a system to sell high-priced rounds. It's a free market system based on Austrian economics. DellvalleySilver.com. DellvalleySilver.com.
0: This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231, the Sakel CAI. Toll-free line 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com, is the place to go. You'll find features there for free. Uh, In fact, the whole website's free, including our wiki with over 2,000 pages created by listeners like you, wikiwiki.freetalklive.com.
1: Have you ever wished that you could buy, sell, or trade in silver in your community? dell valley silver has a no cost turnkey setup for you get paid to promote and use uh, the use of real money this isn't like so many other silver currency setups where it's really just a system to sell high-priced rounds you can check them out at dellvalleysilver.com and get a hold of karen uh, to get started dellvalleysilver.com
0: all right 800-259-9231 continuing with your calls we go to the phones and the fun david is in new hampshire and you're on free talk live hello david David, New Hampshire, going once. David, and he's gone. Let's try Mike in Missouri. Mike, you're on Free Talk Live. Mike, are you there? Mike going once. There Mike going twice. Well, fail. All right, 800-259-9231. Uh, you can't bring up anything. So we've got a story here from Daily Coast. Daily Kos, one or the other. I think it's dot com. Uh, the ten top ten jobs in libertarian paradise. All right, so here they go. Tired of big government getting in the way of your entrepreneur, entrepreneurial ambition? Ready to go galt and shrug all the welfare queens off your shoulders so you can have the riches you deserve? Yeah. Well, I this, they're not snide or anything, right? Like uh, like this is the
1: like this is what it's all about. Welfare queens or whatever. Well, I, they
0: believe that uh, liberty-minded people are just a bunch nasty. of selfish. Yeah. Uh, Scrooges, basically. Right. It's
1: it's not and the people that need talking... money from me that that's, that need money and need help. Those aren't the people that I'm worried about. It's the people that are sitting around uh, doing multi generational uh, living off of government. It's the bureaucrats which are doing multi generational living off the government. Seventy cents off of every welfare dollar goes to those people, to the bureaucrats. Well, it doesn't
0: now, go to people who need it. It's understandable why people like the uh, this man troubadour uh, at uh, the Daily Kos would feel this way because if you were to encounter as your first. First libertarian or your first liberty minded person, one of those who's kind of coming from the conservative camp, then they'll have in their rhetoric the the way of speaking about things like, I don't think we should have taxes. And I should be free to, you know, keep all the money that I earn, and you know, this kind of like conservative-sounding rhetoric of uh, of low taxes, less government, and all that. Because the conservative types that come into the Liberty Movement don't understand compassion. They don't understand how to communicate to people, bringing people on board. Because the Liberty Movement isn't going to go
1: anywhere trying to convert Republicans. Um, I mean, that that's been going on for a very long time. It's going to go somewhere by converting everybody. It's got a message for every.
0: Everyone, And if you you have to get articulate handling hand, handing that yes. message to everyone and it's a compassionate message that is the most uh, that advocates the most humane method of human beings interacting with one another. But if you just come in from this kind of conservative world of smaller government lower taxes then you're going and that's the kind of the speak. That you the, the speech patterns and sentences uh, that you use the rhetoric the rhetoric yeah then uh, then you know you're going to sound like a Scrooge you're going to sound like somebody who's just in it for me and you don't care about uh, the downtrodden you don't care about you know fill in the blank things that uh, somebody who might consider themselves a liberal as the folks at the Daily Cost would. Uh, which is why, of course you know, bringing somebody this is a large movement. We have people who come from uh, both of the camps we 've got people who also come from no camp they just you know they 're non voters or they uh, were green party members or, or whatever so b- people come in from different pers- uh, different perspectives you can You can tell who this guy 's talked to right the tr- this troubadour guy. Uh, Anyway, he goes on to say that uh, there are many unique job opportunities to be had in a small government society that are simply not available in today's communist America. In fact, there are so many, I can only discuss a handful of them here. But they're more than enough to refute the odious liberal myth that people can't get by without public services. There's an entire world of opportunity for hardworking people in libertarian paradise. Number 10. Plague Corpse Disposal With the CDC no longer wasting taxpayer money rewarding people too lazy to defend themselves against disease, new opportunities would exist in the field of plague-corpse disposal. As a strong, motivated, red-blooded true American, you need not worry about becoming infected yourself. No dirty foreign pathogen is going to corrupt your precious bodily fluids. But you can earn a living, ridding society of the festering reminders of the poor and sickly whom God in his infinite capitalist wisdom has seen fit to remove from the society of worthier people. So the translation there is that in the absence of government, people will die of plagues. Because the CDC won't be around? That's the suggestion here, and the various health depart, the government. I think health the department. CDC is relatively new,
1: and uh, you know, th- th- you certainly can make an argument that plagues, uh, you know, existed prior to the CDC, but that doesn't mean that because the CDC around this is causation versus correlation. It's only correlated. The CDC has been around, and we haven't been hit by yellow g- g- dengue fever. But
0: Mark, with but don't we need to have a central government bureaucracy to help us in the event that a plague does strike?
1: I think that uh, I, I think that there's argument to be made that it's that central government bureaucracy that could very well release, uh, you know, botulism or, you know, uh, what it, what what is it, uh, the old plague, the plague on society today. I mean, who's watching
3: the watchers on this particular instance? Yeah, didn't all the anthrax, uh, Didn't that wasn't that traced back to a uh, lab? I thought it was, lab? but I wasn't going to say that. Um, yeah. I, I think that the anthrax
1: that was going on during the 9-11 kind of time the, frame was...
0: It's a good thing we had FEMA, too, to uh, put those people in trailers that leaked formaldehyde yeah. as well. That was a real safe mm, thing.
3: Sweet. And it wasn't the weren't the plagues the result of sort of just very poor sanitary conditions. So is, sure. is the earth well, the most going disease. to just deteriorate and everybody will be living in squalor again? Is that the idea here?
1: And and plus the the, the marketplace is uh, remarkably good at coming up with solutions for problems. The idea that the marketplace would somehow fall down in the area of medicine just seems absolutely ludicrous to me. I mean, the marketplace is the best at providing solutions to most problems that the, the, the people in the marketplace have and then somehow it's not going to be able to provide a solution in the area of medicine.
0: And it's a really dangerous idea to have the CDC around or any other centralized government bureaucracy making decisions for people because it takes the marketplace factor out. So when you've got the marketplace trying to come up with solutions, some are going to be better than others because you've got different people with different uh, you know beliefs and ideas and, uh, and investments and willingness to, uh, you know, to put their money where their ideas are in the marketplace competing to bring the best solution to the, the mass market. And so the marketplace then gets to, t- to select, of those competing choices, which to go with. Whereas when you get the government, it's, well, the government bureaucrats are know-all, see-all. They will choose what's the uh, you know the, the panacea for uh, the, the people. Yeah. And what if they choose wrong?
1: Well, they choose wrong all the time. Yeah. I mean,
0: take a look at the, uh,
1: the the swine flu epidemic. They said, this is going to be a global pandemic. Don't forget that <laughs> they're the ones that also, uh, you know, squish, you know, poo-pooed AIDS early on, too, which was, in fact, a global pandemic. So, frankly... From those two pieces of evidence and they're just two pieces of evidence we can conclude that the government a doesn't know when there's going to be a global pandemic and b, uh, you know wouldn't be able to find a global pandemic
3: if it bit him in the butt don't worry though they, they've uh, they produced twice as many of those swine flu shots as they needed and now they're just planning to reuse them this season
1: yes they're, they're going to call those just
3: flu shots and i know you guys are up in the air on the whole vaccines and what's in them and so forth but there's a, a cdc conference call where they're laughing about the people talking about the mercury in the shots, and they're giving the doctors talking points to say, well, you get more mercury when you eat a, a filet of salmon. But there's a big difference between ingesting something where your body passes the mercury and injecting it where it accumulates in the body.
0: We're coming up here at 800 9231 we got nine more of the top ten jobs in libertarian paradise, according to a very jaded author over at the Daily Kos. You can take control as well. Bring up whatever's on your mind. This is Free Talk Live. Hey,
7: everybody. Scott Horton here for FreedomCam.net. From coast to coast, the increasingly militarized American police state has grown out of control. Peace officers have become law enforcement. The old doctrines of minimal force have fallen by the wayside. Cops are now trained to use overwhelming force in virtually every situation, resulting in an epidemic of police brutality across our society. I say fight back while you still can. Film the cops and put it on YouTube. A critical mass of police brutality videos is being assembled online, and a change is going to come. Police perjury is no match for instant replay. Freedomcam.net offers discreet video cameras to help you avoid confiscation while checking power and protecting yourself.
5: Freedomcam.net
0: This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial in toll-free. Check to control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that we have there. For free, So head on over. You can enjoy stuff like our Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies that have taken the time to send in their validated photo to show they are indeed listeners of this program, or validated videos count, too. You can get the details and see it for yourself over at shrine.freetalklive.com. That's shrine.freetalklive.com.
1: Christmas time's coming up, and you want to have a, a liberty-oriented gift for the, the young people in your life? Uh, Take a look at an island called Liberty. It's at a website called freemarketunderdog.com. You can go over there and, and you can check it out. It's simple story, graceful rhymes, and beautiful illustrations on every page. will make it one of any child's favorites. This is probably aimed at the uh, the three- to six-year-old, uh, maybe a little older than six-year-old sort of uh, age group. But go check it out and, and see whether you're right. I'm, I'm by no means a child-rearing expert. Maybe this is uh, right for a slightly older child. I don't know. freemarketunderdog.com. You can go over there and see the... Uh, Um, samples, and order today. There's a 10% discount for listeners of Free Talk Live with the coupon code FTL, an island called liberty, at freemarketunderdog.com.
0: We are sharing with you uh, from the daily costs a very, well... It's nasty. It's a nasty hit piece against uh, the liberty movement. Uh, they are using the term libertarian, but really what they're talking about here are conservatives, uh, that uh, the, the, the small government conservatives that come at the issues from a me, me, me perspective instead of a compassion for others uh, kind of a perspective that, of course, would resonate better with somebody that might consider themselves a liberal. So we're kind of looking at their, uh, their hit piece here, which is uh, the – Ten top ten jobs in libertarian paradise. Number nine, witch detector. Now this witch is just nasty. Detector. This oh, is God. just nasty. Despite the infinite blessings of pure capitalism, there would still be plenty of problems in society. And again, you can see they've referenced capitalism a few times now so far in this uh, in this piece. We're only into the second of ten, uh, and that's because the. Liberty movement is rife with people that are capitalism, yeah, and they uh, they wrap themselves in in many cases clothing that uh, you know that actually uses the term. I've capitalism. got a, a shirt
1: that says "Enjoy Capitalism" and those it's coke, very... those Coke letters. That's and very cute. If
0: but it I... has a certain meaning to well, people, right? It, it mean, the,
1: the word capitalism means different things to different people. And I just had this conversation in my Quaker meeting uh, this Sunday, as you know, one of these people said that capitalism stinks. And, uh, you, you know, I basically said, look, if you're ta- what you're talking about today is capitalism, I absolutely agree that what we have today stinks. If what you mean by capitalism is the right of uh, free people to be ex- able to exchange things between each other freely, I'm for that. So I don't really know what it means. And yeah, th- that person absolutely agreed with that, uh, at that assertion because everybody yeah. likes freedom. So maybe the free market is a better way to describe, uh, you know, what you mean by I'd capitalism. Say, I'd
0: say it's improved. Um, and then you 've got somebody like this daily cost guy here, troubadour, who wrote this uh, this piece. He sees capitalism in a certain way and he sees people touting it, and he believes that they are you know people that want to exploit. And they're evil businessmen and so on and so forth.
3: Yeah, I just had a friend call me yesterday, in fact, or two days ago, about the uh, Michael Moore movie, Capitalism something. A love story. A love story, yeah. And, And I sit there and watch through the first 10, 15 minutes or so of him describing the way things are. And I'm like, yeah, that's pretty accurate. You're right. You're right. And then he comes to the conclusion, and this is Capitalism! i'm like did you even look at the the dictionary before you made a movie about capitalism because mm. you're not even close this is this is not a free market i mean he he brings up valid problems but he he doesn't come to the right conclusions and yes. he blames Typical. it on capitalism and the free market he's a talented and,
0: filmmaker no doubt about yeah. it
3: and then so- people go off and and just get the wrong idea about what it is. And Which, so
1: many people um, who, you know, t- tout capitalism will actually try to defend these things. Many of the, the people in the cons- in the Liberty Movement...
0: Defend what? Uh, the, the robber the, barons
1: or something? Yes, they absolutely will, because <laughs> you can make... I can make these arguments. I absolutely can. I can say that, you know, in the time of the robber barons, from the 1870s to the 1890s, the average mean income of of somebody in the, in those two decades doubled. That has never happened in government. human history before. So, you can say that it was you know sort of trickle down economics. If you let the uh, the, the evil people at the top uh, make a bunch of money, that the money will trickle down. And I suppose that those things are true. But, but you're never going to convince somebody that hate, hates capitalism well, that.
0: Uh, also, it's it's ignoring that it wasn't a free market then. It uh, no, was I didn't the, say the, it was a free market. I didn't say that.
1: I said capitalism. I
0: know, but why would you want to do, you know defend those people? When I'm they were not weren't even free marketeers in any way, shape, or form. And that's why using the term free market, uh, it, you don't want to use it as a substitute for capitalism because it's not the free market includes all all manner of economic organization if i want to get together with people on a commune i can do that in a free market yeah i just don't you're free you know, to i don't get to force you onto my commune
3: and that's one of the talking points of the current uh, administration well the free markets failed us clearly because uh, this you uh, know this isn't working
0: Right, it gives people a, a false choice. The idea that, well, since the free market has failed, see, look, it's the evidence is everywhere. This is a free market and it's failing. Uh, that well, you must turn to government. And, of course, the reality is this is a corporatist uh, marketplace. Fascist, this is yep. a fascist, uh, so, fascio-socialist market. Yeah, anyway, it's back to it's, the it's insults so messed here. up that you can, there's not even a really good name for it. Yeah, so back to the insults <laughs> uh, from Daily Coast because now they're saying that uh, – Well, there will be witch detectors. Uh, Despite the infinite blessings of pure capitalism, there would still be plenty of problems in society, and the cause of those problems is, of course, witchcraft. Liberals would claim that then, they're spelling liberals, L-I-B-R-U-L-S, would claim that the lack of rational governance is the cause, but that is only because they are too engaged in witchcraft and wish to defect blame from themselves. Still, even though the new libertarian order would not immediately address the witch problem, it would open up opportunities to enterprising individuals such as yourselves to deal with it and make a tidy profit in the process.
3: What an idiot. This guy's talking about a utopian libertarian society and he's using the term libertarian order. Mm-hmm. as though there would be this overriding authority.
0: Weather crops, uh, Whenever crops fail from incompetent agricultural practices, whenever someone falls victim to a mysterious illness, whenever the weather is unseasonably inconvenient, there will be business for a witch detector. Try
1: to explain to me how um, <laughs> how it is that uh, government has uh, you know made it so that we no longer blame witches for our problems. Because I don't see how that's so. I don't see how the government, in any way, shape, or form, has made it so that we don't blame witches for problems any longer. They, and I'll they admit that they that was done in the past. Salem witch trials. What? No, they did the Salem witch trials. I mean, the government at the time was the Salem witch trials. Oh. I mean, many people in the the Republican <laughs> side of government, and if as a as a government supporter, you cannot deny that the Republicans sometimes get a hold of it. Many people on the Republican side would say that. Uh, they believe the account of Genesis word for word. And so, I mean, the, the Republican, the, the, the party, the, the, the government, which is half controlled by the Republican Party, as far as I'm concerned, is the problem in this.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is the most ludicrous thing right. he could possibly put in this uh, this top yeah. ten list. Doesn't they,
1: make any sense at all,
0: right? Um, uh, maybe there are some people that still believe in witchcraft, but I highly doubt there's a uh, you know, significant portion of the population that truly wants to out witches and burn them at the stake, and they just can't do it because there's that pesky government around, you know, stopping them.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd <laughs> like those people to uh, to show to take the uh, what it was, the the, the, the Ra- Jim Randy James Randy uh, the challenge and uh, get a million dollars by showing how your witchcraft works.
0: So, moving on, number 8, reader now that the socialist school system has been abolished and people only learn what they need to jockey pictographic cash registers, you can earn a living as a professional reader for occasions where someone needs all those weird-looking symbols on the paper interpreted for them. Granted, literacy is not a very manly or patriotic thing, but as long as you keep it within business hours and don't go around reading any highfalutin books in public, it's perfectly decent, It's a perfectly decent way to make money. So again, uh, before we get to the issue of this, the school system, which is what he's bringing up here— uh, clearly, this this guy believes, or whoever whoever it is, it wrote this. Troubadour. This troubadour believes that uh, the people in the libertarian movement are, you know, males. And he's probably right about that. Mostly, but we're I mean, starting to see that change. It's a
1: generalization.
0: And he believes that uh, we're all. He's he's mentioned red blooded earlier. He's now bringing up patriotic. So he sees these folks as being the flag wavers. Tea party. Isn't he writing about conservatives here? I mean, isn't he really focusing
3: on a type on of that? conservative? Yeah. I think he's writing about the tea party folks. Yeah. From I wouldn't the propose
1: to, uh, to to you know to be the center of the libertarian uh, mob with the, with the banner or anything like that. I, I think that there's you know I think lots of people will use the
0: title mean lots of different things and you know. He's, he's he's taking a whack at all of them. We're coming up with more here at 800-259-9231. More of the 10 jobs in a libertarian paradise, according to Daily Coast. This is Free Talk Live.
6: This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Ovaltine. Give your kids the nutrition they need to be their best. Visit us at OvaltineUSA.com. Telling your child about healthy food choices is important, but showing her what to eat goes a lot further. Have her help create the grocery list, then bring her to the store with you. Picking out healthy foods together helps kids get in the habit of thinking about what they're eating every day. For more tips like these, visit us at Parenthood.com slash YourFamilyToday. today.
0: live take control of the airwaves via the toll free number 800-259-9231 that's the SACL cai toll free line 1-800-259-9231 you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com give you the features on the site for free so enjoy those on us again freetalklive.com features uh, including our news updates you get signed up we'll keep you in the loop Whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live, just go to news.freetalklive.com. Get on the list for free. Lists, I suppose. We've got our email uh, updates, which are the best way. And then there's also Twitter and Facebook. Go to news.freetalklive.com to get signed up.
1: Sickle CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early outbilling, and they purchase charged-off receivables. Sickle knows that the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful. They record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy so that your business is handled as efficiently as possible. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. at Sickle CAI.
0: So we're going through the 10 things, or the 10 careers, 10 jobs in libertarian paradise, which is a very... Uh, Not just tongue-in-cheek, but just mean and misinformed piece over at DailyCoast.com. Where the author Troubadour really seems to have a nasty flavor in his mouth for uh, for people that call themselves libertarians, he tends to think that they are pretty much just you know conservatives uh, who are adults and dullards and uh, rednecks. That's pretty much the impression that I'm getting from the, the language that he's using and the attacks that he is uh, he is leveling. It shows that he doesn't understand the the philosophy of liberty, and it may be because the libertarians he's talked to or the people that call themselves libertarians they have not understood the philosophy of liberty either or they just have been a you know crappy at uh, explaining it to people at at tailoring the way they explain these ideas to the audience so that may be what we're dealing with here. And he talks about uh, that we'll need readers in a libertarian world because people won't get educated anymore without the government schools. We have to force people to go to these government schools in order to give these folks education, or they just won't – they won't be learning nothing. Well, it's,
1: it, people aren't forced to go to government schools. They're forced to, uh, to, to pay for government schools. And- oh, they're forced to go well they're forced to go if they don't have some other schooling option right. but anybody who takes uh, if if you really don't want to go if you're if you're talking about some kid skipping class i don't think too many people really care uh, about him getting there forced. are parents
0: who are f- who are threatened with violence if their kids don't go to school uh,
1: people they are but they're in states that uh, you know have uh, really strict restrictions on home schooling and hopefully they can work towards uh, you know getting that done or pick up and move mm-hmm. to hey new hampshire or some place where uh, you you know, homeschooling is, is a little more accepted. But if you really don't want to send your kid to uh, government school, you can pick up a homeschooling curriculum for a few hundred dollars a year, school them at home. And, uh, you know, the problem solved. So it's really about having to pay for the monopoly system as opposed to uh, having to send your kid to it. What's really about having? That's the biggest. The biggest problem with government schools is that they're they're force funded. Not that you're force. Not that it's force attendance.
0: Well, I think the author here in this case really. You can tell how he feels about people as well, not just uh, the people in the liberty movement, but just people in general. He believes that they're a bunch of uh, shiftless losers. Right. Who, that somehow things, you know, the,
1: the things that we can read aren't motivating to people. I can tell you that the biggest thing on my son uh, my son's mind is trying to figure out, well, one of the biggest things is on his mind, is to try to figure out these whole letter things and how they work. He is just excited by them. Um, and
0: If anything takes that out of a person, it's the government schools. Right. They <laughs> yeah. kill people. Incentives to learn and their when, interest in the learning. It's, what's
1: obvious is when you show up at school in kindergarten, kindergartners tend to, by and large, love school. By the time they're at uh, 12th grade, you're talking about a yeah. majority of students, probably a large majority of students, who hate it. And I
0: it think. it starts that, to really go downhill in middle school, I would say. You, you can, For me, that's what it was.
3: You can take a look, and it's the government that did this. Yeah, I went to a Montessori school where we were allowed to just sort of explore, and I did lots of math, I did lots of reading. I was several grades ahead of uh, the the typical kids in the government schools.
0: You didn't need someone to crack a whip and uh, no. threaten you. I
3: mean, it was exciting to me to think of. Uh, I remember running up to the teacher. Do you know why the moon is lighted? Is 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 bright at night? And and she gave her answer, and I gave my. No, the sun sends beams around the earth, and then they hit the moon, and it lights it up. And da and then mm-hmm. you know, but that. That sort of uh, curiosity led to me sort of learning and diving deeper into the subjects and exploring it more, understanding it more. It's something that I'm passionate about, so it's something that I remember. Yeah, you guys might being... be
0: real smart, but what about all those other people, those dummies out there that wouldn't educate their kids? What about them?
1: Well, uh, this, th- the question is, is why in the world would you want to send your kids to school with, with kids that are forced to be there? Why, do you, why should I send my kid to school with the dum-dums? Why would I even want to do that? I mean, if kids, uh, I mean, you know, I, I can tell you every kid wants to learn about something and you can provide that something to them or you can cram the the, the one-size-fits-all government paradigm down their throat. And honestly, the government paradigm is what all the rest of the paradigms are based around because they don't have to compete in a marketplace of ideas. Uh, you know, public schools or, or private schools are basically competing with public school and they you know they they almost all look the same
3: you're talking about a very small percentage of the population that's not going to the parents are going to bring a kid into the world and not want to educate that kid and I think that the kids themselves, when they notice that they're falling behind, they're going to be incented by their peers to to learn more, to you know, be on the same level as as the other kids.
0: And right? So unless forth. you want to be the garbage man for the rest of your life, and well, what's wrong
3: the, th- with that?
1: I, I don't know. The kids, um, you know, really think that way. I I just I don't think they really think about.
0: But as they get older, they're going to start to realize that if they can't read and they can't do the things that some of their peers can, they're going to start to see that their options are going to be limited. And I don't mean to pick on uh, you know garbage men. And I'm I'm sure there's some very, very bright garbage men out there. It's just kind of one of those jobs that people look at as, oh, I'd rather not do that. Um, You can probably make a lot of money. There's probably worse jobs than garbage men. (laughs) I'm pretty sure it's actually fairly lucrative to take away people's garbage because no one wants to do it. Uh, So if you get into it, you could probably make a bank. And if you like that stuff, then more power to you. Uh, So let's continue with your thoughts. We'll get back to the other seven different jobs. that will be available, uh, according to the daily costs, in the libertarian paradise in a bit. First, Frank is with us in New York. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Frank.
8: Uh, good evening, gentlemen. Hey. Yeah, I just wanted to say this again. I think over the last uh, few years, you've heard me say this before, but the free market never existed. Yep. It's, nope. it has, it, it's uh, an ideological mythology. It never happened, but Milton Friedman certainly sold it to the uh, American people with his PBS series, Free to Choose. And again, it's mythology. It has never existed in history. It never will. Because ultimately... The authority of the state or whatever government, legitimate or illegitimate, prevents the free market. It, it and does. It has it's always never... been the case, and it always will be the case. Mm-hmm. And I find it interesting all of the time spent debating issues regarding the free market when it never existed. Well, and it's, it's never existed. Mythology.
3: It's never existed under government. I would give it that caveat, but I it's think there never are
8: existed in history. Read the history. Read Gibbons. Read all of the. Uh, you don't uh, think <Slingby>. that there are people
3: who, groups of people that have organized in different places around the planet in a voluntary manner?
8: No, not not the free market. Not just the free market. Uh, you know, and the free market is just the
3: absence of any government regulations. I'm sure that there are tribes no, no, remote no in Brazil, or, if you
8: have a tribal system whereby uh, people are engaged in commerce, such as let's say trading, merchants trading. Uh, then you may have members of the tribe that want want to cut in on the action or they will rob the people who have it uh, or they will want a tribute or something uh, to be paid to them. But the free market historically has never existed in history. And I think we have to be aware of that because it's ludicrous to hear it all the time. It's really, you know, it's like... there's nothing to harken back to. I don't want to go back into the past. It cannot be proven either way.
0: Well, Frank, I think that uh, it's. I think it's silly to say something like, "Well, it can never exist," because that's, well, it, cause that's I, defeatism. And I think that if well, uh, in,
8: the, in the context of history, it, it has never existed. It has never it has existed. Never will I agree exist. with that. Well, but hold on. I, I,
1: I've got something to say on this one. the The fact is, God. You can't prove God at all, and I agree no, with you, and you on that. You can't
8: disprove God either. That's. It's one of those but, wonderful situations where it can't be proven and it can't be disproven. But you However, can prove the free market history, though, Frank. The free market has never existed. Somewhere, it's,
1: some, somewhere, you're, you're right, it's, it's not recorded deeply in the annals of history. However, somewhere some guy has met some other guy in some barren land and they traded without being um, in any way, yep. shape, or form uh, encumbered by their strongman or their king or whomever. So they did, actually, the, the
8: free, market, free has, market has to include more than one or two people. A free market why A market, by by definition, is many people. It's more than one. Yeah, you and guys the are point trying to squirm out. I think Frank's about, absolutely right. Well,
1: no, no, I'm not. Uh, what he's saying is is that you can't prove that it'll ever exist, and it's ludicrous to talk about it, uh, you know, existing when you can't prove it. Well, if you uh,
8: have a government of any kind, whether it's whether it's uh, democratically elected or whether it's totalitarian or authoritarian, they will prevent a free market yes, from they existing will. because and that's they always one of the have. functions of government.
0: You're right. They they always And have, I mean that's it. Frank. Enough
8: said. Frank,
4: I agree with you.
0: You're right. They always have prevented the free market. But that and doesn't mean. Will. But that doesn't mean they always will. And that's where I think you're wrong. And I thank you for the call tonight at 800-259-9231. I'm only showing
1: saying that you can show a proof for the marketplace. You can, sh- As opposed to
0: God, you can't show a proof for God. I agree with that. Uh, you can bring up anything here. Hour number three is on the way. You can take control of the airwaves. Don't be defeatist. If you want a free market and enough other people want freedom too, and we get together, we can have it. It's Free Talk Live. John
6: Dennis, an accomplished businessman and entrepreneur, has been a pro-Liberty Republican for a quarter century. He's the new face of a new Republican Party, and he's running for congressman of California's 8th District. I'm John Dennis, and I support drastically cutting both taxes and spending, which will help repair our devastated economy, abolishing spendthrift governmental money pits that fail to produce the desired results, bringing our troops home to defend our country, not policing other countries around the world, and a return to personal responsibility, Self-ownership and freedom of choice for all Americans. Something John doesn't approve of? Nancy Pelosi.
8: <laughs>
6: it's time for the wicked witch of the West to go away.
8: I'm bailing! Bailing! Oh,
5: what a world! What a
6: world! Wipe the slate clean in California's 8th District in Washington in one blow. Contribute to the John Dennis for 2010 campaign at johndennis 2010com I'm John Dennis, and I approve this
3: ad.
0: This is Free Talk Live, and we are launching into the third hour of the program. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy all the features there free. The main feature on the site allows you, the listener, to influence the stuff we'll talk about on the air. Uh, You can submit different show prep suggestions to the website. Other listeners then vote on whether they like or dislike your suggestion, and you get to vote, too, on different things. And then uh, the most liked will make it to the front page and the top of the website, meaning we're more likely to see them and talk about them. In fact, I believe I pulled this uh, story from the Daily Coast off of the front page of the site. It's basically a hit piece against people in the liberty movement, and it is a nasty one. We'll uh, pick that up here in a, in a moment. It's the 10 careers that will be available, the 10 top 10 jobs in a libertarian paradise, at least according to Daily Coast. Uh, but first, we go to the phones and the fun. Mike is in Missouri. Mike, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Sam, and Mark. Hello. How you guys doing? Hey, great. What's on your mind tonight?
5: Okay. I was wanting to call in. I, I listen by podcast, so I'm way behind, but, uh, I had an encounter today with someone I was in, I'm in school currently at a technical, technical school and, uh, the topic basically is about God. I, this guy came up to a friend of mine who was in school, has a pagan uh, tattoo. I guess he has it for more reasons, just you know, just to have a tattoo. And this other guy is all serious about it. He walks up to me, starts telling us all this stuff, You know, 10, 15 minutes in, it's all good. We're out there smoking a couple of cigarettes. And then he starts talking about how he can make stuff catch on fire with his mind. Wait,
0: wait, hold on. I'm a little confused. Who is it that's claiming they can make things catch on fire? Is it the pagan or the guy who is upset about the pagan having tattoos?
5: No, no, no. There's not. Okay, there's one guy with me who's my buddy. We're out there smoking. He has a pagan tattoo just because I guess he Um, thought it was cool. Okay. This other guy comes up with the same tattoo. He's an actual pagan, he says. Oh,
0: okay. I was a little confused. (laughs) Thank you. He
5: says that he, you know, as the conversation goes on, went into how he can start stuff, you know, on fire, basically, with his mind. And well, did he, light your cigarette? He,
1: he, did he light your cigarettes for
5: you? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what I asked him to do. Here, here, here's, what, here's my point, is the role of miracles in religion, because I, I've called a couple of few times, and I I was raised Christian, and I have some partiality towards that, but I'm also open-minded, and I don't care what anybody really believes about anything, to be honest with you. But here's what I want to get your guys' opinion on. What is the role of miracles in in like a religion? Because the way I look at it is, if there's no miracles of any kind, then what's the point of the whole thing altogether? Why why would anybody believe in anything unless they could see something and go, wow? I think know? I
3: think people uh, religion for a lot of people is having a uh, sort of a support group, something that they belong to. Uh, it's a it's a security thing. It's uh, sort of a, a herd mentality to some extent.
0: It's also an explanation for things that are beyond many um, cases humans' uh, current grasp of understanding. If you go back in time, you can look at what religions have believed in the past and watch as that has been wiped away as science has come in and discovered that no, in fact, it's not demons that have made you sick. You know, it's uh, bad sanitary yeah. conditions and things like that. Um, and and it's still an explanation for people as to where they go when they die these questions that, you know, they don't necessarily have answers for. So I don't think a religion is uh, required to have uh, miracles, but certainly they're common in in more westernized uh, religions that I'm aware
8: of.
5: Yeah, and, and for me, it's, if I had to pick one thing where I would be inclined to go in that herd or whatever, you know, it would be the, where I'm going to go with when I die, because otherwise I don't really care. I'm a pretty selfish person, so I don't care about anything else. But I just intrigued me to see someone who said that they were a pagan because he was bagging on, like, the Christian religion for so long about this and that. And then he turned around and used the same thing that those people claim. You you see what I'm saying? And not only was he Yeah, he's got his own little—right, so he's bagging on the other religions, but he's got his own little fantasies. Yeah, well, like, they would say Jesus did this, and at uh, least—not that it makes it that much better, but at least they're saying, you know, the Son of God or whatever does this. But he's saying, I— okay i'll go
3: out on a limb here and say uh (laughs) i think as human beings i think what i'm saying yeah but hold on i think as human beings we are far more powerful than we understand than we comprehend than we let ourselves believe that we are i think we're capable of doing uh some really amazing things um I, I as a race, as as human beings, I don't think we even come close to tapping the potential yeah, it's that like we mind have.
8: Power, right? Because but, I uh, agree, Healing.
3: I mean, I've had uh, I do like Reiki healing work where I've had a friend. All right, you can laugh at me all you want, Ian. Here goes. <laughs> I'm the, not saying the, I just want you to catch <laughs> stuff on fire. That's yeah. all. <laughs> no, I haven't caught anything on fire. But there's a YouTube video of like a quai. What I've is it? seen that video, and, and it's, it's it's a, tr- lights, a trick. It's paper. All right, a all right, trick. fine. It's paper. Yeah. I had a friend who was in a car accident and her neck was really sore. She had been that way for several weeks. She had this big, one of those big, thick neck pads on. And I'm holding my hand, just sort of feeding energy into her neck. And she all of a sudden turns around and is like, wow, what is that? And she can feel the heat from my hand through the like inch and a half thick neck pad. Now, my hand just being behind there is not going to penetrate that much insulation and that much foam padding. So something's going on there, and I don't think science has even come close to explaining yeah, a agree, lot of the Sam, mysteries I don't, of the universe.
5: Yeah, well, like, I wouldn't disagree with that, but I'm just saying that at that point you're claiming that there's untapped human brain power or, or Not so much like human that, brain I'm power, about- but I think
3: mm-hmm. there's energy out there that uh, is sort of a life force. I don't know what the word for it is, but I
5: but think there are things that religion, we don't tap then. into. But to me, okay, now I'm not trying. Well, I guess I am trying to project this on you, but that if if that's what you think and it's outside of yourself, then to me that would be you may not be. Your uh, I don't religion, think it's outside it's of myself. You're, you're drawing on that that is other, you know, outside of yourself. No, no, no. I don't I... think
3: it's outside of myself. I think it's part of me. I think we are all connected well, then that through would, that.
5: And yeah, that makes sense through if it, the if it, same if it, energy. Would, to me, would be your mental faculties because it, all you are is you you're nothing no 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 nothing. no
3: i am not i am not this physical body i am the the spirit or the energy whatever you want to call it that oh, animates yeah, but, I mean, the body
5: oh i a part of you though
3: well the body di- no no what is me the the physical flesh and bones
5: both this is your casing that you're in right now. This is die, just the yeah. It's the so physical
3: wrong. manifestation, but yeah. I am not the body which is telling the physical manifestation of me what to do. I am, you know, I am the the thing in the background saying, uh, "Come up with this sentence," or, or you know, sit in the no, chair. No, I agree. Or Look, man, I, I've I've
5: messed with some other things that I just can't explain. <laughs> but what I'm what I'm saying is that. It's either you or it's not. This guy was claiming that it was something other that he tapped into, like something he worshipped. He said he claimed mm. to be like some kind of ancient druid religion. Yeah, he I believe in from. that. Okay, you, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I, I do. And
3: I think maybe what the druids believed is something that, you know along the lines of this universal energy that that we are part of and being able to tap that and channel it might be what what he's talking about. And Mike, that's similar
0: to what I believe. Thanks for the call. I appreciate hearing from you tonight yeah, with the, the Reiki thing. And you know, I smiled that. Because I think there's a lot of huckster, ac- okay. a lot of hucksters out there, right? Uh, and but I also agree with you, Sam, that uh, there clearly are things we don't know. A lot mm-hmm. of things that we don't know. Well, I think and- your own
1: mind is extraordinarily powerful over your own body, and if somehow or another you can use your mind to trick somebody else's mind into being powerful over their own body, mm-hmm. then that is going to be effective. Um, you know, so uh, if if you if uh, I'd love to put a, a little pile of leaves in front of anybody and have them set it on fire, I'm just not going for that. For me, religion's mm-hmm. about connecting to other people and um, you know sharing, uh, per, you know. It, it, similar experiences with them and, and things like that
0: i knew this chick uh, that i met in college who was uh, told this story that was amazing and she had no reason to disbelieve her story and who knows maybe she was being scammed i don't know but she was at this uh, demonstration this reiki demonstration where this one of these reiki masters from the orient uh was doing something and he like created he showed his hands and there was nothing in them and then he created this purple glow that was coming from his hands and it was you know a, an amazing story i mean I, I probably don't tell it half as well as she did but there's and he's certain... probably
3: been meditating for decades yeah. in order to get that kind of Man, concentration.
0: I have a tough time keeping thoughts out of my head for a minute straight. <laughs> so <laughs> meditating for 15 minutes or 10 is like way out of my bounds at this point. 800 259 So who knows what's possible? I guess uh, we'll find out more over time. It's Free Talk Live. In
6: times of economic instability, precious metals are the best hedge against inflation and can be a great investment opportunity. Bullion Investment Corporation is the gold standard in precious metal acquisition. Whether you're in the market for gold, silver, platinum, or palladium, you can leverage up to 400% by taking advantage of the Purchase Power Program. And don't forget about the low price guarantee. BIC will meet or beat the price of any other broker. Bullion Investment Corporation, proudly serving our clients for over 25 years. For more information, call Bullion Investment Corporation now at 1-888-486-1275 or visit goldbullion.net.
0: This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Dial in toll-free. The number is 1-800-259-9231. That's 800-259-9231. Brought to you by SACL CAI. And uh, we've got a various different features on our website that you can enjoy. Head over to cam.freetalklive.com. You can watch and listen to the show. Sam is waving at the cam as <laughs> we speak. And you can get interactive because our chat room is built into the same page. So watch, listen, chat all at cam.freetalklive.com, and it's all brought to you courtesy of MemoryDealers.com.
1: MemoryDealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs. They offer the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers at up to 99% off of list price. They offer great prices and services on used uh, service on used networking equipment such as uh, Cisco routers and switches. You can check them out at memorydealers.com. Their stuff's in stock, ready to ship via overnight delivery memorydealers.com.
0: So, we are sharing with you here. We're going to get what we're getting back to at least. If you're just tuning in, are the 10 careers, the 10 jobs that will be available in a libertarian paradise according to Daily Coast, excuse me, Daily Costs. I've been mispronouncing Kos. it, I'm sure. Uh, dot com and it 's written by Cause. somebody that really does not i 've heard it daily costs anyway it 's written by somebody troubadour calling himself troubadour, so he 's not even putting his uh, his real name on it um, somebody who really doesn 't understand what the ideas of liberty mean somebody who I believe based on the things he 's saying about the about what he thinks liberty means that I believe he's only ever talked to the conserva-clone-style, uh, liber- small-government libertarian types, the people that come from the conservative uh, wing of uh, the the belief system out there, uh, that he hasn't talked to somebody like Dr. Mary Ruart, the author of Healing Our World, that he hasn't talked to somebody who might have been a liberal uh, before they became a, a liberty-minded person. And it, just the the misunderstandings, just they're just so stark here. So let me continue. Uh, with this, and he 's also nasty at the same time number seven bounty hunter now this one 's probably true well at least the 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 term uh, bounty hunters will certainly exist in a in a free market world. Uh, But he goes on to be nasty about it. With all those oppressive government police forces out of the way, malefactors can be apprehended in a freer, more appropriate way by mercenary bounty hunters, armed to the teeth and unaccountable to any civil authority. Sure, you might end up causing more damage to society than the people you apprehend, but what the hell? This ain't France.
3: Wait, who are the bounty hunters picking these people up for?
0: Well, uh, presumably they would be the uh, people that hired them to pick them up. So yeah. insurance uh, companies and those people aren't worried agencies. about
3: their reputation of, uh, you know, having bounty hunters out on the loose, just willy nilly arresting people and hunting them down and beating them up or whatever.
0: According to this guy, it will, it will become this you know a wild this kind of vision of the Hollywood Wild West, which of course the West really wasn't that wild, as we all know. Uh, but this is what this guy envisions in the absence of a centralized controlling authority. That you would have you know this this crazy world where bounty hunters would just blow crap up and not care about it. They'll do whatever it takes to get their man. They've and, got bounty hunters today. Um,
1: I don't understand how it is. He's just making this stuff up. Like this is his his it's version. Very this is this is Mad Max.
0: Yeah, that's, that's what he wants you to believe, that it, you know it's this fear-mongering, the idea that, and, and, and Sam, you're right, uh, reputation will be very important, because these bounty hunters have to get paid, and for the mm-hmm. people that hire them to get paid, they have to have a reputation in the same way that any business that you patronize has a reputation, a positive reputation in your mind, because if it didn't, you wouldn't go there.
3: Right, and they're likely to be taking these people back to a, a private arbitrator, where uh you know if the if the one of the parties involved went out and treated these people really bad and roughed them up, that's going to come into play where it doesn't necessarily under the government system. Police beat people up all the time, bring Absolutely. them in bloody, and it's like, oh, well, he tripped and fell.
0: And that's why it's so—it's—it's it's amazing. <laughs> what he's describing here is what we have. Yeah. The—the uh, the police. Let's just re- replace bounty hunters with police. The by police armed to the teeth and unaccountable to any civil authority. That's pretty Sounds much what we've right. got. I mean, these cops can go in and, and kill people. They can set houses on fire. They can destroy things uh, all over the place, and they are never held. Almost never. of the time not held responsible personally for anything that they do, for any destruction that they create. They'll go in and search people's homes, toss them, uh, and uh, you know, take everything out of the drawers, throw everything on the floor, break stuff. Uh, uh,
1: don't forget putting their uh, you know shoot b- people b- going above the speed limit with the lights on, with the lights off, running over pedestrians, killing running, dogs, uh, in uh, front running of over pe- you know hitting people in their cars. I mean, if you want to see Mad Max, uh, you know, is all you have to do is put together a uh, put together an hour long episode of all these things
0: that cops have right. done in a in a given uh, year. And to make matters worse, all of that's true. Plus, we're forced to pay for it if somebody has a loose cannon bounty hunter on their hands if if somebody some uh, insurance provider or protection agency has a loose cannon employee and they don't get that person in line or fire them or do some sort of disciplinary action to them and, and they'd be fully responsible for their uh, their actions then who's going to want to hire an organization like that knowing that this guy could come in and very well destroy your business next or destroy your home or or set something on fire you know it's just crazy what this guy's saying. He totally doesn't understand. Number six. Maker of child sized coffins. for the children in the absence of prenatal care pediatric medicine or child care other than what luck or family inheritance can provide because the suggestion there is that well medical care will be so insanely expensive in the absence of government that only the the rich and the lucky will be able to, uh, to take care of their kids there will be oodles of little cadavers for the enterprising coffin maker to serve cholera, whooping cough, measles, pneumonia, influenza all spells big bucks grieving parents are very- so, hold on. Um, I mean, how is this guy even suggesting that cholera, influenza,
1: and all these other things haven't been taken care of by the marketplace up to this point? Now, I understand it's not a free marketplace, but no government bureaucrat to, to, you know, told Louis Pasteur to go out and, and figure out what he figured out. And, you know, this is this is ludicrous. This is absolute fear mongering. And it,
3: it's absurd what he's saying here. It's the government system that we have today creates intellectual property, and Uh, shields these uh, drug makers from any competition. So what they're incented to do is to create something that treats the symptoms, not create a cure. If, if yeah, you didn't have all of that patent and IP protection in there, in play, protecting these guys from any kind of competition, they would be working towards cures. It'd
0: be a real competitive marketplace instead of a limited game where yeah. only a few players are allowed in. It's like the radio business. It's just such a sad, sad, incestuous little business, and there's no real significant competition. Uh, it's one of the reasons why we're able to succeed, because <laughs> we don't really have uh, too many competitors out there. Uh, grieving parents are a very price-tolerant consumer base, he said and aren't likely to investigate the particulars of your product i.e whether you charge them for mahogany while making it out of plywood mo money mo money mo' money because that's what it's all about oh yeah to
3: i'm gonna buy a mahogany table and not notice that it's made out of plywood i do agree that uh, I, I do agree yeah. that there's this sort of uh,
1: uh, reptilian uh, sales uh, thing that goes on for funeral homes at a time of grieving and I by think the way that-
0: funeral homes are licensed by the state and people that die are mandated to go to through this kind of funeral process, right? And therefore- I'd much
1: rather just be buried, uh, you know, without even uh, without a box at all, on mm-hmm. my own property. That's what I want. But I can't have that. I could probably be uh, burned and have my ashes sprinkled on my property, but I can't actually be buried even in a pine box
3: or something on my own
0: right. property. There are regulations and government rules that force people to into the coffin buying business.
3: There is a movement to bury people in uh, cardboard boxes and have the nitrogen feed uh, a tree or something.
0: More yeah. coming up here at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. Next up, Rat Catcher. We'll we'll get to it and take your calls as well. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, and we give you the features there, free. Uh, so enjoy those uh, features, including our listening options. If you want to tune in, you can do so. We've got live streams, broadband, and dial-up versions. And you don't just have to listen live to enjoy those streams. They are available around the clock. So at any time, you can listen to the latest episode stream live over at freetalklive.com. Plus, if you don't have internet handy, you can use your phone. Call in from any phone that can dial long distance. Use our listen lines. Uh, the number for Free Talk Live 24-7 is 760-569-7752. That's 760 760- 569 7752. If you didn't get the right to uh, write that down, just go to listen.freetalklive.com. You'll find the number there. Brought to you by Quality Rentals. That's right, the listening, uh, listening page. Uh, QualityRental.com. Brought, brought to you by Quality Rentals. Uh, and that's uh, for folks in the having parties and such in the New England, uh, southern New England area. Is that right? Indeed. Mark? Yeah. All right. So we're sharing with you the dailycost.com story here. Coase. Is it dailycost? <laughs> Mark Kos. Oh, is that his last Coase. name? Coase. Coase? Okay, com story about the ten jobs that will be in uh, plenty, uh, the, the, lots of these jobs in the libertarian paradise, according to their author Troubadour, who is, uh, well, not the nicest uh, character. And I think it's because he miss, totally misunderstands the ideas of liberty, and it's likely because he believes that uh, libertarians are just conservatives in uh, sheep's clothing, uh, And I don't blame him for thinking that because if you've hung around the Libertarian Party, you might get that idea because it's been overwhelmed with those types of folks. When really the liberty movement I'm aware of is uh, made up of all kinds of people that have come from a variety of different political origins. And uh, that includes everybody from former conservatives to former liberals, socialists, uh, you name it. People come here from all kinds of different places because these ideas make sense. They're the most compassionate Humane ideas that uh, mankind has has come up with so far and this man this troubadour person or maybe a woman this person has not really been it hasn't been explained to this person in an appropriate manner. Obviously, by their negative demeanor here, and they're basically, it's a hit piece. And it's interesting that they keep uh, using liberals here. Uh, They're kind of, he's he's tongue-in-cheek approaching this, like saying, liberals are always bitching about starving poor people, but watch how crazy they go whenever a rational businessman suggests meeting the demand for food by going to an abundant source of proteins like rats, mice, and insects. This is rat catcher slash restaurateur. And among other, surplus animals. See, the Liberty people that I know uh, in this movement have as many problems with so-called conservatives as they do liberals but if you if you go on what this guy has to say then well liberty-minded people just hate liberals and it's just another arm of conservatism which it is not uh, but he goes on to say there will be great opportunities in this domain under small government and given the absence of health inspectors you might also find it worthwhile to vertically integrate your rat-catching restaurant enterprise with plague corpse disposal coffin making and funeral services companies so, so we need the <laughs> I mean, government to, say to that? keep us safe from the evil restaurateurs who are going to serve us rats in unsanitary conditions.
1: Right, because people want to pay money that's, for rats, because that's what it's going to devolve to.
3: That's what I look it's for ludicrous. in a restaurant.
0: Now, uh, what's interesting is that uh, you've got stories that happened today about how in New York City there was that, I think it was a KFC, no, it was a Taco Bell. Well, anyway, one of those uh, chain restaurants actually had rats running across the floor. Somebody saw the rats running across the the floor the day after. after after. The day after they had been inspected by
1: By the the government uh, government health inspectors. So it's the government health inspectors that are are in fact bringing down the quality of restaurants and not otherwise.
0: Well, you know, people are going to make mistakes. Things are going to happen. And of course the government supporter will simply say well they're underfunded. You know, we need to have more government uh, bureaucrats. If we had more government bureaucrats doing more inspections more often then that that wouldn't Mm -hmm. be a problem. But everybody that I've ever talked to in the restaurant business has always said to a tee every single one of them has always told the same almost the exact same story about the government inspections that they're an effing joke that <laughs> the guy comes in looks at the ceiling tile sits down enjoys himself a free meal chats with the manager and and leaves yeah. but that's the government inspection or if you've crossed somebody then they 'll find something wrong they 'll find something that 's wrong if they right. don 't like you for some reason
3: yeah they 're not under incented they're um, they 're they're improperly i guess they 're not underfunded they 're improperly incented I mean, there would be enough money that the people who are going there inspecting in a private market would care about their reputation. I mean, it all goes back to a reputation rating, and I think that's one of the the things that this author just really doesn't understand at all, how important a role the reputation rating would play for both individuals, for businesses, for organizations. Restaurants are
0: made or broken on reputation. That's how a restaurant will succeed or fail. You can get into the restaurant business and blow a bunch of money on advertising, But if your food sucks, your advertising isn't going to go very far, right? You've got to get those people. Advertising is good to get people through the door. (laughs) But if your service blows and your food sucks, those people aren't going to tell anybody else.
3: We had somebody that got sick from eating at a Jack in the Box back in the 90s, I think, in Texas. And several of the restaurants in, in the Dallas area went out of business because people stopped going there. They, they, they just got such a bad rap. And I, yeah. I didn't even know the specifics of it, but I never ate a Jack in the Box for years and years because I was just afraid of— You'd heard you know, things. I I'd yeah. heard that story. Yeah so and
1: and this is that that's what how reputation is built and broken and that's what it's all based on
0: (laughs) it's always been based on reputation not the government inspectors in
1: the absence of a government inspector other organizations would pop up they're already really
0: there and
1: essentially chain restaurants are these organizations now because chain restaurants one of the reasons that uh, you know people go there is they like the consistency of them they may be uh, you know they may sort of serve more a more mediocre meal than than say uh, but you know know what you're getting yeah you know what you're going to get you're going to get it every time because they they offer that and these they're they, they have their own inspections There's far more rigorous and uh, you know uh, companies would, would would rise up that would inspect people cuz people want their food to be safe that's a market demand the market
0: always uh, meets its demands let's continue number 4 specs. i don't even know what that is uh, since science – let's see, Horospex. What is a Horospex? I've got this handy little plug-in now that I can just double-click on words and the dic- dictionary definition comes <laughs> up. Horospex, a priest in ancient Rome who practiced divination by the inspection of entra- the entrails of animals. <laughs> so crackpot, uh, religion religious guy here. Uh, since science and education will become expensive and totally devoted to refining the luxury of the wealthy few. I mean he's wrong just expensive. right out the gate. Yeah. Uh, why would it become expensive?
3: It's already expensive. I mean, it's half the property tax bill here in Keene. They're spending $16,400 per student per year to educate a kid, not even for the full year, a
0: few hours a day for part of the year. Give me a break. Why would it become expensive? Why on earth? Would education become more expensive without the government? It will become cheaper because right. of competition. Tell me something of that the price has gone up on. You know, I mean, the the where fact where you have freedom, relative freedom to operate in the marketplace. Right. Yeah, look at computers uh, for an example. How about? Take a look
1: at cars. Take a look at televisions. I mean, yeah. anybody can look at big screen TVs. Well, these were only things the rich, not anymore. Not anymore. I mean, anybody could. They, they don't even sell cathode ray tube televisions yeah, do, anymore. Not so much. You're going to have to go find them at a specialty yeah. store. You're going to have one heck of a time finding one of those things. Everything now is a flat screen TV, and they're, they're, you know, they're, right. they're so much more To suggest that
0: uh, that education would get worse is, would, would, is just not looking at reality. It's not looking at how the marketplace functions. When you have competition and you have freedom, you have innovation, you've got new ideas being brought in. If you don't like the way the schools are being run, you start your own. And in a free marketplace, you don't have to beg anybody's permission. Or you get a permission slip to do that Now they would say, well that means that they could teach whatever they want Yeah, yep. that's exactly what it means And it means you they can teach, teach whatever, whatever
1: they want. want Now, I mean somebody decides What they teach, so they come, it, come up With it, the, the fact is, a lot of this Crap you just don't use And I understand that that's what his problem is But I think that you could find uh, educations That would be
0: uh, better and more Specialized You absolutely would, and again, because you could create it If it didn't exist uh, but none, nonetheless, he says the solution is obvious. Horaspacy. It requires no special skills other than BSing. And all you need is a supply of cheap animals in order to disembowel them and read their entrails, which you could then sell to an unregulated restaurateur and recoup much of your expense. You don't have to worry about sanitation, animal cruelty laws or being charged with fraud in the libertarian paradise. Uh, except you do because yeah. you have to worry about your reputation. Yeah, and uh, people will be very concerned with being ripped off and they'll do things to uh, ensure that they are made whole if something like that happens. 800-259-9231. Bring up anything. Free talk.
7: This program is brought to you by
3: Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com.
0: This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up anything, even in these remaining moments. There may be enough time for your call at 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231, and you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Tonight, it's Ian. And Sam. And Mark. Sam is joining us from obscuredtruth.com. Head on over there. Enjoy his videos at obscuredtruth.com as we continue here with the Daily costs, Daily coast Anyway, uh, daily Coast, and there are 10 jobs that will be available in the libertarian paradise by Troubadour, who is a man who clearly doesn't know what he's talking about when it comes to the ideas of freedom. And it's likely because the so-called libertarians that he's uh, spoken with haven't really been libertarians, uh, as a matter of fact, or they've been just absolutely poor at uh, expressing the ideas, or maybe Troubadour just wasn't listening. So who knows uh, what has created his predilection toward uh, being so angry and, uh, and vitriolic and clueless. Uh, but nonetheless, we continue with his list here uh, in a moment. First, I want to tell you about the Free State Project. If you're about sick and tired of the misinformation about liberty, if you're sick and tired of uh, being controlled and told what to do and how to live and what not to do, get together with other people that believe like you do. Now, they don't all believe exactly the same as we were talking about in the first hour. There's still a a range of belief systems going on here within the liberty movement, but in general they believe that the government should get out of our lives and leave peaceful people be. Some of us believe there shouldn't be anything called a government and that uh, everything should be done on a, a voluntary, consensual basis. But you can go and learn more about the Free State Project at freestateproject.org. If you love liberty, get together with other people that do, too, and you'll be amazed at what happens Get act- when you get active with other liberty-minded activists in the same geographic region. That's what's happening, and it's happening now. And uh, we've been here now, Mark and myself, for, uh, for over four years. Sam, coming up on your se- second full year. And uh, it's been great so far, and it just keeps getting better as more people get up here. So join the fun. Over 10,000 people are currently signed up. Hundreds have made the move. Thousands will be moving, and we want to get to at least 20,000 uh, participants. So you could be one of those. Go to freestateproject.org and get on board. That's freestateproject.org. Continuing with the list from the Daily Coast, uh Orphanage Director Pimp number 3. Oh, God. Although the libertarian paradise would reject socialist forms of assistance to the needy, nothing would stop individuals from providing it, and in some cases this can be made profitable. For instance, there would be many homeless orphans who would otherwise resort to thievery without a structured environment, food, and shelter. Granted, thievery gives rise to some level of business, i.e. fences, but it also imposes costs on big business that cannot be tolerated. Uh, Before we go on here... Uh, the idea that there would be homeless orphans seems pretty absurd because, I don't know about you, and again, this just kind of shows the viewpoint of this author, not just about what he thinks about liberty-minded people, but what he thinks about people in general. That people in general are a bunch of jerks and they're heartless and they hate and you, they can't be counted on to take care of their fellow man and that we need well, some government to, uh, it, to take care it, of it, it
1: all comes down to Oliver Twist, right? Um, this, is, this is where they always, uh, the, the, the liberal types, the progressive types, always look back at Oliver Twist. So you're you're looking Looking at, what, two, three centuries um, ago and their ideas on re- child rearing and, and that kind of thing. And, and in those time frames, remember, it was OK to own people like their their ideas on children were different. Spare the rod, spoil the child. They believed that you could abuse somebody into a better life. And so they, the, you know, yeah, orphanages were horrible places that times like that because there were sick people that, that thought differently than you and I uh, in charge of them. But, I, the, you know, what's what's your evidence that somehow society would reverse uh, its progression on? Th- no, there's no evidence. It's just fear. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just, just it, it's just fear.
0: Without police and being too petty in nature to lead to bounties, we must deal with such thieving proactively with orphanages that teach a good work ethic by providing a highly demanded service. If owners-operators of commercial orphanages are able to make a profit by selling their children as sex slaves, there would be more market incentive to care for orphans. So you could kill two birds with one stone, both dealing with a humanitarian problem and upholding the values of capitalism. Take that, bleeding hearts!
3: yeah it's it's typically governments running the sex slave rings or involved in sex slave rings um around the around the world for that matter um one of the things that this whole list really we've kind of touched on different things in here but the overall overall idea that once you get rid of government people will see an increase in the wealth that they have in their lives of i think it's like 7 to 12 fold Mm-hmm. of what they're what they 're currently experiencing, so the the money and the the wealth that people would have available is far greater than we than we can even imagine today and I think they would there would be far more charity that today people assume well the government 's just going to take care of it they 'll handle the orphans they 'll handle this, and look at what happens in child protective services. Uh, 13, kids are abused. Thirteen percent of the people in uh, in the juvenile centers are being raped. Ten percent of the time, it's the government guards who are the ones raping them. The other three percent, it's the other kids in the in the juvenile system. So we have the system where government's abusing kids, and and this guy's defending it.
0: This is the idea that uh, that that people would turn their kids over voluntarily to an organization that would be uh, pimping them out. Seems pretty ludicrous. Again, talking about reputation, reputation being important. Who would want to be seen in the in the community as being the child pimp? Who would want to be seen that way? Now, it's not to say that child prostitution doesn't happen. It happens today. Yep. There are teenage. Uh, people boys and girls who go out and sell their uh, sell themselves to a willing populace Well, mostly of, uh, because of they buyers. can't get
1: jobs i mean That's when, a factor. You, when you move out on your own and the government has set up these strictures uh, you know because your home life stinks so much and the government has set up these strictures that make it almost impossible for anybody under the age of 16 to be self sufficient uh, yeah uh, under the age of 18 but you know less so 16 and then you know it's it's nearly impossible to to work under the age of 16 if you're going to do it legally and and, you know, what else? What do
0: you do at that point? What do you do? So you can sell drugs. There's, sell drugs or, or yourself? You've got to work in You've the black market. You've got to get the market. drugs, though. You've got to work in the in the black market, basically, is, is the answer. Um, so the, the marketplace doesn't solve all of the world's problems instantaneously, but it's the most humane solution to the current set of problems that we have, many of which were actually created by the government and their their aggression.
3: And I think the, market would, the marketplace would solve the problem of child sex. The people who want to do that, I have no doubt that with enough time, technology will advance to the point where you will have virtual reality and, and it will be hard to distinguish the virtual world from the real world and people that want to go in and abuse children or do whatever will be able to do that in a, some kind of virtual simulation and nobody's harmed in the real world. I think that uh, it, you know the robot technology is getting uh, oh, yeah. know, so it, mm-hmm. is is going so quickly
1: that it may be in the real world beforehand you can have your own little uh, robot kid that oh, runs boy. away your when you go. House
0: boy. <laughs>
3: Dale, <laughs> Dale can finally get his house boy. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Number 2 cemetery landfill scavenger. In the bustling world of the libertarian paradise, a hard-worked fellow like you or a hard-working fellow like yourself would make a living scavenging the metal from the bullet-ridden corpses for resale as scrap. Because, boy, there will be just so much more violence, right? Uh, With the gunslingers and bounty hunters uh, around, the supply would be unlikely to dry up anytime soon. There are, of course, also gold fillings, rings, metal hip replacements, and and various articles of jewelry or surgical implants that might be worth something. The suggestion being that bounty hunters are just going to gun down whoever it is they're after.
1: No, what they're suggesting is, is that people are going to carry guns in their hips and they're going to solve all their problems with guns? And the the in fact the evidence shows the opposite. the The fact is, and when you look at the
0: guns uh, reduce violence, and well,
1: yeah. So but, and so but but so when you forth. look at they, they went through the Wild Wild West. I mean, this is everybody believes the Wild Wild West was a Dirty Harry movie, and it was the opposite of that. In fact, uh, you know they went through the statistics of uh, you know ten towns: uh, Abilene, Dodge City, and eight others that I can't remember them all off the top of my head. And they compared them to homicides per capita today in major metros. Not even close. And it's not even close. It's 10, uh, one in, uh, it's com- ten times more in New York City, 28 times or 26 times in Baltimore. But also so the-, the, the dangerous and immoral place is here today under the system that we're talking about now. Not a man carrying a piece on his hips so he can protect himself and others. But
0: he specifically cites the bounty hunters in the uh, that, that would be around. But and he says gunslingers. The suggestion would be that the bounty hunters would be, killing the people they're after that doesn't make sense because if somebody steals something from you a, a rotting corpse isn't going to restitute you in the marketplace we're going to the victims are going to be expecting restitution when they uh, when someone is captured so it will be in the interest of the people that are bringing that person to justice to capture them alive so they can work off the debts that they have it doesn't the person is not being made whole uh, well actually excuse me if they have an insurance policy the insurance company is going to pay them and then the insurance company is going to be the one that wants to get the money out of the actual criminal so they have the interest in keeping that person alive number two we are still continuing here, he says, uh, and just think of the perfectly good food and reasonable material resaleable material that gets thrown into landfills every day rather than socialist recycling programs which are complete bunk almost almost complete bunk with the exception of aluminum cans. Why not reward enterprising people by encouraging them to rummage through the garbage of their betters and finally, number one, faith healer, for the same reasons already stated above, people will be in sore need of medical services. Or at least what they believe will be medical services, thanks to the eradication of socialist schooling. Faith healing is the perfect business model. If they eventually recover, their faith in you is affirmed, and they may lavish you with money and free word-of-mouth advertising. If they die, then the Lord has heard their family's prayers and graciously accepted the patient into his kingdom, in part to your intercession which by the way uh, a lot of the people in the libertarian movement are atheists so the suggestion here being that you know there's this really uh, the liberty minded people are somehow this religious wing and of course we already addressed the medical issue medical care will get better when there's more competition and, uh, and more freedom we're out of time we'll see you tomorrow night at freetalklive.com Good night. The following edition of the Edgington Post interview series is brought to you by the Free Talk Live Amp program. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier today for as little as three bucks a month. Get perks and help us get on more radio stations and more Internet connections at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. And here's Mark.
1: All right. it's It's another edition of the Edgington Post. And I have with me today Daniel Wallace. Daniel, are you there?
7: Yes, I'm
1: here. Very good. Um, Daniel is a New York Times bestselling author of The Jedi Path, a manual for students of the Force. It's due out... Today, uh, the, the, it's, this marks the first time Lucasfilm has authorized a book that comes from the inside the Star Wars galaxy. This is the last surviving copy of a famous Jedi textbook that was uh, all but eliminated following the Clone Wars. So, Daniel, you've written the actual uh, textbook from the uh, the Jedi school. Is that is that what I'm to understand?
7: That's basically it. The, the idea, you're right. You, you hit the nail on the head. The idea is that this is... Not just a book about Star Wars, because there have been a lot of those kind of books, and I in have fact, a bunch I've of written them. a bunch of them. <laughs> <Yes. Yeah>, too. <laughs> I have I have all of them.
5: So I'm, uh, yeah,
7: uh, uh, but uh, the idea behind this, which has never been done before, is that this is a book from the Star Wars universe. So when you actually get this and you remove the outer packaging, uh, you don't have a Star Wars logo on anything. You know. Mm. it's actually a book and it comes you know if people haven't seen it basically it's a it's a whole package it comes in a, a in a box and you push a button on the box and the the uh, the doors of the box uh, are mechanized oh my. Uh, they play some sound effects it splits and it opens, and it lights up, and uh, the book itself rises from the center of the box. So Holy it's crap. Whole, it's a whole experience. It's, it's, you're, you push the button, and you're like, are you kidding me? So this is uh, the... In fact, that's actually what I said when I pushed it the first time when I when I actually saw the finished product.
1: So this is intended to be the, the Jedi manual for the people that have you know several FX uh, Force lightsabers, right? It
7: kind of is. You know, it, it's... <laughs> You know, but it's a good question because, you know, we're sort of moving. I've been writing Star Wars books and and genre, stuff I've also written for DC Comics and Marvel Comics, um, for a long time, for probably close to 15 years. And, you know, part of the question about publishing is, well, you've got Kindle and you've got e-books, you know, so what's the, you know, why do we need a physical book? Right. And a lot of publishers are, are sort of moving toward the sense of, well... Um, let's, if that's true, then let's make the physical book something that is some, you know, it can't be captured through an electronic format. If we actually are asking people to buy a physical book, let's make the physical book something that is special. It's not just the e-book version between two hardcover covers, you know, and that's really what this is. It's got the, uh, the mechanized vault. It's got the, uh, the aged copy of the, uh, Jedi Path, which is the textbook, as you mentioned earlier. It's like... It feels old. It looks old. It looks like it's been... Uh, it, is uh, time, it, it is from a
1: long from time a long ago. time ago. It is from a long time ago.
7: It's from a very long time ago. In a galaxy uh, far, then, far away. <laughs> exactly. It had a long journey to get here. It fell through a, a wormhole in the fabric of space and time. There are no wormholes the first... in the
1: Star Wars universe, Daniel. <laughs>
7: uh, yeah, you know, you might be right about that. Yeah, it fell through a hyperspace... Yeah, they have hyperspace, don't picture. they? Yep. yeah <laughs> yeah I think so uh, and then the third, there's one more thing with the with the book which is um it's also a box of souvenirs basically so when you buy it you not only have the last surviving copy of this of this uh, of this textbook but you have souvenirs that were stuck between its pages like it becomes a memory book this mm. particular copy was a memory book like you know you might press a flower between the pages sure. of the book, right well these were jedi so they They pressed, you know, between the pages of the book, they saved things. Uh, There is a a Padawan braid, uh, Mm. which was Qui-Gon's. There is a uh, Jedi credit medallion, which is a metal uh, coin, basically. Um, There is a Starfighter patch for uh, the members of the Jedi Starfighter Corps. Um, There is a, my favorite, which is a napkin from Dex's Diner, which if you saw uh, Episode 2, Attack of the Clones, uh, it's the diner that uh, you know the the four armed alien runs, and it looks like a 1950s American graffiti diner. And Obi Wan is friends with the owner, so the the removable was that it was a nap napkin from the diner. Hmm. Obi Wan was sitting around one day, he doodled on it. He doodled the design of a lightsaber, and he he thought, "Hey, I've got to save this because I might need it later." And he puts it between the pages of the book. And now you, as the person who found it through the <laughs> hyperspace fisher, uh, you, get to own, you get to own the actual napkin. So it's a napkin. It has a logo on it. You know, it's actually from Dex's Diner. It actually has writing on it. You know, it's, it's a whole thing. We really try to make it feel like uh, you were picking up a prop, you know, from... From the actual filming.
1: Once I pour through this uh, this textbook on how to uh, the Jedi path, I will then be a uh, official Padawan or, um, you know, how how does it how does it all work? It's my understanding that only George Lucas can make somebody an actual Jedi, uh, an actual Jedi. And uh, apparently people chase after him getting come on, George, say I'm a Jedi, say I'm a Jedi. You know, I so so what uh, you know, how how does it all work, Daniel?
7: I don't know. I, I it depends <laughs> on what your mitochondria count is. Apparently, <laughs> but, I don't know. Uh, we, I actually talk a little bit about that in the book, but not too much because you know I, I feel like you know the the point is you know the force is pretty much a mystical thing, and and this book isn't you know it's um it covers everything you know so it, me being the writer of the book, you know, I had to sit down and say. Hey, if you were actually stunning to become a Jedi, you know what kind of book would you would you need? And the reality is, you need a lot of books. It would yeah. be like you know signing up for college, you know semester times a thousand. It, it, it would you need trigonometry textbook. You need your sociology textbook. You need a million books, right? So I'm, I, I was assuming that the Jedi would have a lot of very detailed texts that were class specific, but this book. Which kind of covers everything. It doesn't cover everything in a lot of detail because it covers everything. Right. Uh, this book was more like their yearbook, right? So it covers it. everything, but it was it's, it's like a primer. Like it covers everything that you need to know in in uh, yeah, sort of uh, passing detail. So um but not- it was also the kind of thing that they might save
1: now the it would seem to me that the Jedi Path is largely a spiritual path, but i mean you know that's that's the way I look at the uh the 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 star Wars movies I'm sure some people would look at it as a warrior's path and some people would look at it as a uh you know i i i don't know what a person that controls minds a a a precogs path or psychic path or something like that people different people could look at it in different ways and so you're saying it it covers all these things to some extent.
7: You know, it does. I really like that you said that because I was thinking the same thing. And when I wrote the, you know, and maybe we'll touch on this in a second, but there's actually two narratives in the book. One is the book itself was, you know, supposedly written by a group of Jedi Masters about a thousand years before the movie. So okay. um, it's been reprinted, obviously, a lot of times. But I intentionally had it written not by one Jedi, but by seven Jedi, so that I could have different perspectives on what they were saying. And then the second narrative is, in the margins of the book itself, there's graffiti. There's scribbling, because this particular printed copy was owned by, uh, well, Yoda uh, reviewed it, and then he passed it on, and in succession it was owned by Count Dooku, it was owned by Qui-Gon, by Obi-Wan, by Anakin, uh, by Ahsoka, Tana from the Clone Wars, by you know, it fell into all these hands. And so there's a lot of like little commentary from the movie Jedi that you're familiar with. Interesting. Um, But the original idea was, you know, the Jedi are kind of complicated. I think some Jedi would say we're a spiritual order. You know, we're all about meditation and, you know, being one with a force. And some Jedi would be like, no, 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 we're actually very active. We go out and we fight bad guys. Yeah. You know, and some Jedi would be more like, no, no, you got it all wrong. We've got this and that. And, um, so when I wrote the text of the book, I came up with seven authors. And one of the authors is very, you know, hippy-dippy, very, you know, hey, the Force connects everything, right? And one of them is very sort of like a, a Buzz Lightyear character, like, hey, let's go out and fight the bad guys, right? And, you know, the, this kind of perspective, because um, if the Jedi were real, you would have a lot of, uh, even within the organization, you'd have a lot of people who didn't necessarily... Thing from the same songbook. They're all Jedi, but they express the force in really, really, really different ways. Yeah, and the- uh, that was, my point was, it's not a simple thing. It's actually more complicated uh, than you think. And I really try to convey that the
1: they're they're kind of like um, you know Crusaders without all the genocide I mean they you know these these guys went on a holy mission essentially and uh, they they certainly were warriors um, probably some of them more spiritual than others some of them probably just bloodthirsty killers and they went to the dark side but um, you know it's it, it the the narrative of uh, of Star Wars is so intermeshed with history and I it's it's one of the reasons I think that it's connected on such a deep level with uh, you know g- generations it's it's a it's a multi-generational movie where guys like I saw Star Wars in the theaters for the first time um, when I was six or seven or something like that. And those big, the music playing and those big spaceships flying over my head, you know, what's obviously uh, sort of on a a visceral level, very, very big for me, but you you never lose it. I have never lost it. It's been more than 30 years and I have never lost it.
7: Yeah. You know, and it's funny because Something about Star Wars is so evergreen that, you know, I and I saw the original movies in the theater, too, and I'm sort of, uh, you, and you've probably been the same way because there was a period after Return of the Jedi came out where Star Wars was kind of over, like in the late 80s. It was like, yeah, it was fun while it lasted, but it's kind of over. And then all of a sudden it came back in the 90s, and it's never gone away. And it's surprising to me because I'm a writer and I actually write in the Star Wars universe. Like I said, I've been writing Star Wars books for almost 15 years. And I keep thinking, you know, out of my own self-interest, like, okay, at some point it's going to be over and, you know, there's not going to be anything to write because nobody's going to be that interested anymore. And I thought, you know, after the special editions come out, nah. after the prequels come out, no, after the you know, Clone Wars cartoon is out. now. You know, it just it keeps um perpetuating it's, itself. It's there. Th- the the universe something-
1: is it's rich. There's so much that people haven't even delved into. There's uh, Marvel put out uh, a Star Wars comic that was spanned more than a hundred issues, and that's a monthly comic. And I, I, I'm not, I, ain't, I ain't too good with math or nothing, but that's you know it's going on a ten year run um, with with that that comic, and I, I don't know I don't know when it stopped. So there's a lot in there. There's these uh, books that that came out that you know some of the books were basically the movies, and others were between the movies. I've likely read some of your books and didn't know it um, you know i I'm not one of pers- a person that memorizes authors' names or anything but um there's there's a lot of stuff in there there's little movies that uh apparently have shown little ca- cartoons that apparently shown up and you can see them online. I haven't seen them all, but there's uh you know, there's stuff in between the movies. There's a lot to be um looked at and each one of these jedis has a story to be told. Um and of course, you know, there's the uh the amazing thing that happened with Boba Fett where you know, they the, this character was just kind of cool in um, Empire Strikes Back and and people started this kind of cult following of him and uh you know, transformed him into you know something far Greater, he he came back in uh, Return of the Jedi, and uh, then you know, of course, they showed uh, uh, Bob Fett in the previous movies in order to sort of capitalize on that. And you know, there was there were other bounty hunters there. I remember uh, I five B four and uh, Boss and stuff. Uh, You know, I had all these little action figures back in the uh, early eighties. None of them had legs, but Boba Fett did.
7: (laughs) Well, yeah, I know, but but it's part of. But that's actually part of the appeal of Star Wars, I think, is that in that scene from The Empire Strikes Back, like, everybody's seen The Empire Strikes Back, and so everybody remembers that scene with the bounty hunters, and it was, the only one that was really important was Boba Fett, because he was actually played a part in the movie. Mm -hmm. But rather than just have Boba Fett there, they had Bossk, and they had IG-88, and they had Zuckus, and Dengar, they had all these, wow. these characters, and they all looked really different yep. and unique. And you saw them, and you're like, what is that guy all about? And they never told you. And you kind of left with this feeling like, God, there's something else going on in this universe. Like, there's some there's a larger uh, story happening. You know, that boss, that boss has some sort of story. Yep. You know, And they're not telling us in this movie, but you, you, you leave with the feeling that there's a much richer, deeper, more... Uh, You know, uh, there's a lot more to see than what you see on the screen. And that is something that I think Star Wars has done really, really, really well, which is introduce something in the background and you're like, what? Is that thing right? And then you just want to know more about
1: it. Why did Greedo hate Han Solo? I mean, you want to know this information. It's out there, and even the video games touch on these things. I uh, I had uh, the Bounty Hunter, uh, Lucasfilm's Bounty Hunter. It was, uh, I think it was, I think it was a Django Fett um, uh, video game. And there's a great deal of the narrative going on in there. There's uh, some other Padawan of of. Uh, Count Dooku, well, she wasn't actually a Padawan because Dooku was a Padawan of, uh, you know, whomever, uh, Darth Sidious. Mm-hmm. And so there's, it's it's very interesting. It just keeps on... There's it, The the Star Wars universe has so much to give.
7: Yeah, and, and the other point is that um, unlike a, well, maybe Star Trek, but unlike a lot of franchises, they uh, are able to go in different time frames. You know, you have the classic movies and you have the prequel movies, mm-hmm. but if you're a game fan, there is a game called... Uh, BioWare had a game called Knights of the Old Republic that took place almost 4,000 years before the movies, and they're coming out with a new MMO, uh, in a multi, massively multiplayer online game, mm-hmm. uh, I think next year, called uh, The Old Republic, which takes place 3,600 years, I think, before the movies. So it's that... They can feel free to set a, a, you know, they can set a game millennia before the movies and just expect, hey, no, it's cool. You know, yeah. and people are going to come along. They don't have to have Luke in the game. You know, yeah. it's not about Luke. It's about the setting. It's about the Jedi. It's about the Sith. It's about the Republic. You know, it's about space battles. It's about lightsabers. You know, there's, there's certain things that are part of the universe that you don't necessarily... It's not like you have to have, you know, Luke and Han and Princess Leia there to introduce you to it. You just are comfortable with the setting anyway.
1: It's indeed the truth. So how do people go about getting their copy of the, uh, of the Jedi Path? Um, and, and then I've got a couple of other questions for you that step out of the uh, – th- that are really, uh, you know, for you.
7: Yeah. Well, the Jedi Path, um, right now, the best way to get your hands on it is through Amazon. So if you go to Amazon.com Actually,
1: go to Amazon.com, Amazon.freetalklive.com.
7: <laughs> okay, yeah, there you go. Yeah, even better. Um, and you can check out the product page. Uh, on the page, we have all the photos. Uh, there's an excerpt. You can look inside the book and see kind of what this text is all about. You can watch a trailer for the book because they made a, a book trailer. You can also watch a video of the opening of oh, the book, well, I was describing earlier, how you push a button and it lights up and all that. But you can see that on the page itself. Um, it, as you can expect, it's it comes in a mechanical thing. It's a you know it's a got all these souvenirs. It's a whole package. Uh, it's retailing for ninety nine dollars U. Uh, S. Amazon right now. The last time I checked, was selling it for I think sixty two. So oh that's wow! A pretty substantial discount. Uh, but just go online to Amazon. It's also going to be available in some bookstores. I just don't have the list of. Uh, locations yet. Oh, it's likely uh, going
1: to be in so the big my, bookstores. Advice
7: for fans would be to check out Amazon first.
1: Got it. So, um, of uh, having written all these books and knowing, and being so intimately involved, because I have never heard anybody rattle off the uh, the the bounty hunters uh, that were out in, in um, Empire Strikes Back. Never, ever heard that. Um.
7: You, you don't hang out with Star Wars fans enough because <laughs> you know among among hardcore Star Wars fans they would they would yawn. When I did that, they'd be like, "Yeah, that's not a, that's not
1: impressive." Dude. I I will admit to not being hardcore, but I'm hardcore enough to have an FX Force lightsaber. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, wh- who's your favorite character? Who do you? Who, which character do you connect with the most in the in the Star Wars universe?
7: Okay, well, that's actually two questions. One is who's your favorite character, and okay. one is who do you connect the most with. Um, I personally connect the most and with you know I I have to say this, but. Uh, I'm probably personally the most like uh, C3PO.
1: Because I'm Kind of
7: annoying. I'm kind of uptight. I'm kind of you know. I'm skinny. I like you know. I complain about things. You know, uh, blah blah blah. Right. That's that's kind of who I am. I actually like C3PO. I feel like he's he's treated kind of badly in the spinoffs. Like people always treat him as the annoying character when um, actually he's really smart. And yeah. If you sure. Just put him in the right situation, he can actually translate stuff for you, and nobody ever seems to do it but that's not who my favorite character is. My favorite character in the Star Wars universe is another, I think, underrated character, and it is Lando Calrissian. I think Lando was an awesome character, and I don't think he gets enough credit. He's like Han, only he's sophisticated. He's a great dresser. He's a gambler. He's a smooth talker. He's a con man. He's basically everything that Han is, Combined with everything that James Bond is, well, if you combined Han Solo and James Bond, you would come up with Lando, and you would come up with a great character for like a uh, a series of uh, of adventures. You know, I would love to see what a Lando Adventures you know series would look like i bet it would be amazing
1: indeed indeed i'm not going to i'm 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 certainly not going to shoot the legs at Orlando, but isn't he really billy d williams i mean isn't don't you like billy d williams i mean isn't he, i i feel <laughs> like the character could yeah. have been so little but was so much by an actor that yeah. can act so well
7: a little bit yeah a little bit cuz you get that you know you just feel like you know billy d williams he, you know he's he knows what he's
1: doing.
7: Yeah. He's and I would say the other the other example is um uh probably uh of that would be Mace Window where Indeed uh with Samuel L. Jackson when he's on the Jedi Council you're like, Okay, you know, I don't know, I'm not seeing it. But in episode two when he goes and he confronts Count Dooku, and he's like, yep. This party's over and you're like, Okay now it's Samuel L. J. Now we're seeing Pulp Fiction. You yeah. know, he's going to unload on this guy. I expected... You know, so you just, you know what to, what, what's coming.
1: I expected Mace Window to say mofo at some point, and he didn't do it. And it was, it was you know, it's, it's truly um, a great series. Thank you, uh, Daniel. Yeah. I have to run. We've got to get the, the show on. But this will be attached to tonight's podcast, and I really appreciate you spending some time with me.
7: Yeah, hey, thanks for having me on. It was a lot of fun.
1: Okay. Um the I'll get I'll get the link sent to you for this um so that you uh, you can do whatever you wish with it, okay?
7: Yeah, that'd be great if you could send me the link. I will make sure to mention it and send it around to all the people that need to see it.
1: Awesome. Thanks. Okay, hey, thanks. Yep. It'll Bye. be attached to uh, Free Talk Live at freetalklive.com and uh, if anybody wants to check out the rest of the shows, they can do that. Daniel Walsh, thank you.